0: Mr. Chocolatey, happy as can be. Mr. Chocolate, won't you play with me when I'm feeling lonely, lonely as can be? Oh, Mr. Chocolatey, won't you play with me?
1: Drop it. Duncan and both come correct.
0: Let me tell you. I hope you're recording because this is a, this is a classic. Oh, let's say. Uh... Let's pretend we're like Bose hit record, but Duncan doesn't know story, right? Oh, all right, fantastic. So, yeah. So in the car this morning, right, driving to work, and uh, the traffic was horrendous. Now I am one of these incredibly lucky people that my journey to work takes me in my vehicle about fifteen minutes, right doesn't take me long I live very close to the motorway jump on the motorway my work is pretty much right off the motorway and traffic heading towards Stirling is never busy because everyone's heading out everyone's going to Glasgow or Edinburgh or somewhere better than Stirling but that's where I work so driving through as you do and um, the traffic's horrendous so I'm I'm assuming they're moving what's known in this country as an abnormal load I don't know what they call it in America but that's what they call it over here Where they're like a giant turbine or something's been taken up the motorway so the police do like a kind of police um escort along there and traffic moves very very slow but it's all organized and planned blah 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 so i'm stuck in traffic for for a considerable amount of time very slow moving traffic and i'm like that oh it's, it's tuesday isn't it fuck Bob will have done these more but mondays yesterday I, I'll watch it while I'm like barely moving in this traffic. So out with the iPhone. That's it's, it. Get on it. Oh, there's Bo there. I'll find time, right. yeah. Yep. Scroll scroll past the fifteen minutes of nothing happening on that video. Yeah, I gotta um, figure out how to edit that.
2: But I, I like I like having the anyway, we'll talk about it later.
0: Yeah. So scroll past the fifteen minutes of nothing happening. Be very shocked and surprised that Bo's audio is working straight away. <laughs> right. That was a, that was a bit weird, because uh, generally I have to jump an extra additional five minutes beyond to actually hear what you're saying. Um, But then sometimes I like it when the mic isn't working, because then I get to do my, oh, look at me, I'm boo, and I talk like this, and I'm a <laughs> do, 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 do. I do the voice, I do the voice. <laughs> but, and every now and again, your eyes, like because your eyes move quite a lot when you're talking, every now and again, you'll see something. And I don't know what you're saying, but I've said something really funny and you've, uh, your eyes lift and I'm like, that, I totally nailed what Bo said.
2: Now I want to see that version of that show.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like the Duncan voiceover and Bo talking. It's not even anything like you, but that's what I do. I'm like, oh, look at me, I'm Bo. It almost but sounds I, like
2: I, a David Anders impression of me that you're doing.
0: I think that's maybe where I got the impression from. I think I stole it from David Anders. Uh, But anyway, so the the video comes on and all the rest and um, you're doing a bit of talking and it's like, oh, they're they're doing a spinny wheel thing this week. This could be fun. Uh, So anyway, I'm in in traffic, barely moving at all. And then you start going through all the shows, right? And uh, of course, I'm hearing it recorded from the day before, so I'm not... Like real time, although I've had had seen it in real time, you got the same reaction. So you're you're going through them and you're like, oh, podcast under the stairs is let's let's see something sarcastic about how many shows Duncan's dropped, um, which is a bit standard, right? But anyway, you go through them all and then you're like that, and this one kind of hurt me because Duncan released an episode on the ring, and I was thinking he never called me, he never asked me, and I've got a show about like uh, Asian horror and all that. And I swear to God, if you could have seen me in my car, I was screaming at my phone. Like screaming. I was like, that I fucking mentioned your show on the fucking podcast, bro. It's uh-huh. like uh, absolutely going rage, right? Very much like you were doing when you found out that show existed and I hadn't invited you on. So it was like the reverse Ransdell, is what I called it. The reverse Ransdell. Uh-huh. So um, I'm fucking screaming, and then you're like that. So I listened to the episode and I was like, oh no. And then you're like that, any shit, you know did a big shout out to my show and told people to go and listen to it, which was really nice. So, I and mean, Duncan's got my back and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I I'd, I'd, I'd literally, sh- I'd strung together uh, like an insane amount of expletives and none of them were nice, Bo, um, about how, you, how dare you. And fucking, you're just like the, the full spectrum of rage that I went through. And I just imagined like people around me and traffic, <laughs> Like looking at me, just screaming at my phone, like sc- like face red, veins popping in the top of my head, and rage at this indignant American who dares, who dares question my loyalty to Borans. How fucking dare he? And it's fucking like hand waving at the phone and everything. And then it was like just instantly, oh no, yeah, oh, <laughs> Bo, listen to the episode, oh, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, I had the reverse Ransdell. Uh is which, it the Scottish version, which involves more swearing than anger.
2: Yeah, you can actually uh break a pelvis if you do the reverse <laughs> Ransdell right. In fact, you've <laughs> only done it right if yep. you're in, if you're in traction.
0: <laughs> yep, I've I have seen it as page seventy-five of the Karma Sutra, I believe. Um is the reverse Randstall. Uh but the, yeah, so there we go. That was that was my funny story was um was getting the rage at you getting the rage at me yeah
2: it was yeah it it was funny though because when i saw the the episode drop cuz you know for a, a little peek behind the curtain um most people post their own shows but you have some weird connection problem so i end up posting yeah. your own shows and so it was like somebody making you dig your own grave <laughs> as i'm putting up the art and Uploading the episode, and I'm
0: like, <laughs> "Fuck! This is a conversation I would really like to be a part of." <laughs> right. um, I was supposed to. I was supposed to have, like, once again peeking behind the curtain. Um, I plan my my episodes out fairly well. I, I, I sometimes there can be like a, a full month planned out meticulously of having this guest on, and that, you know, I've got like a a Google sheet page where it's lists out everything that's coming out, pretty much like, two months in advance, like, all the stuff that I want to do, and if I manage to get additional content, that might make its way to, like, a bonus show or, or something, so I have it, like, really, you know, quite far planned out, and um, Andy Blockley was supposed to be on starting our, like, three-episode run at the Maniac Cop Trilogy, because I'm spacing them out, I am was supposed to be on, and at the last minute, he cancelled, and I had a couple of shows in the can, but they're like um, bonus episodes. So one of them's dropping this Thursday. So it'll be the day before this episode drops where myself and Baz talk about Ravenous, a.k.a. Les Amethemi,
1: sure.
0: <laughs> uh, or whatever it's called, um, something French. Um, so I had that. So I'm like, I'm like, Baz is like, I can't help you. I'm going to a football match today. And I'm like, oh, that's no use. He's like, just release his own. and I'm like, no, Baz, that is Thursday's episode. Thursdays, so I was like, I need to, and I couldn't, I couldn't get anyone last minute, really. But then I hadn't really tried, really, and it was still early in the morning, and which is late in America. Um, and I was like, that I need to do an In Reverence episode, and I have one planned, and that's not the one I did. I thought, like the the beauty of then Reverence series of shows is that I talk, I talk about the movies, but I talk about my experiences watching the movie for the first time and how it shapes my love of horror. And Ring is genuinely a movie that scarred me the first time I watched it because I wasn't ready for it. Because I watched the prequel first, watched all three of them and I watched the prequel first. And the prequel is a great story, but it's not scary. And everyone's like, oh yeah, this is like the Ring is terrifying. You know, it's going to terrify you, blah, 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 blah. And I watched Ring Zero and I'm like, this is not scary. Very melodramatic, very Japanese, um, very melodramatic. This is that I shoved ring on about two in the morning, um, after like working all day, twelve hours in a video store. Shoved this movie on, and from about thirty seconds in it, I could feel the hairs in the back of my neck stand up, and that that TV. But like, I I I I think people think I'm joking. I, I legitimately swear. On my child, uh, that when that TV scene happened, and as soon as it happened, I had to switch. I had to switch the telly off. I had to switch the light on in my room. And I, I can't count like many films on. Like I can't count many films that have ever made me feel like that outside. Maybe something like *Wreck*, which terrified me. Um, yeah, I just like and, and still to this day it doesn't scare me now but I still from the moment that movie goes on the hairs on the back of my neck go up. And it's just something weird about it. There's just something slightly off about the whole thing. Um and I would love to have you have you on to talk about it but I think you've already covered it on hero hero, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been the perfect opportunity. To, to delve in with it with a bit more gusto, because if I'd brought you on to talk about an reverence, you would have literally just been hearing me talk about the time I saw the movie, which you might as well just listen to the podcast. Yeah, which I have. <laughs> yeah, you have. Did you listen to... Uh, this is the longest intro to an episode ever, and I've got things to say about this episode. All right. Because, yeah, I saw the trailer for Familiar, uh, and I was like, that ah, this looks like yeah, genuinely... You-
2: last episode you were you were telling me, "Hey, I saw the previews. maybe this is gonna be the one maybe maybe yep. this is where we turn it around,
0: yeah, and there are moments in this episode that i I think are great, but spoiler alert, I still don't think this is a good episode, yeah, it takes um,
2: it takes almost eight nine minutes for this episode to get real stupid, yeah uh, yeah but but the first it's, eight it's nine message. minutes it's like,
0: all right his message like which they try and shoehorn in about the 15 minute mark where Mulder basically verbatim spells out what the message of the episode is um I was like yeah this is no 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 not happening but anyway uh yeah so like (laughs) hey everyone welcome
2: (laughs) to Duncan and Bo come correct aka Duncan and Bo go to the x-files that, uh, of course, is Duncan doing the introduction to this week's show.
0: Yes, that would be me. I'm getting attacked by a pug right now. My fucking dog is going mental. Uh, Just think, keep uh, talking, Bo. Keep stalling.
2: Stall. Uh, uh, yeah, I will if you stop saying stall. <laughs> it's interfering with us covering. Jesus. Um. Hey, first of all, everyone... <laughs> Thanks for uh, for listening to the last episode, and uh, the feedback has been uh, very funny uh,
0: from from that last one. I I didn't realize we like I I can't like I record like I record late with you. It's been earlier as of late, but because we're recording three hours generally for a forty fucking two minute program, uh, we could record for like three hours. I go to my bed like about midnight and then I'll stay up for a little while and then you know I get up really early and all the rest. Regularly I forget everything that we've recorded, or I might remember one or two conversations. It tends to be about the first half and not about what we do in the X Files. Tends to be, oh, what did Bo watch? Right. I need to watch that movie. That that sort of thing. Or what did Bo say about yeah, Those are the things that I remember. I very seldom remember what was said in the movie. Uh sort of what we've said about the show. And um yeah, you sent me the thing about you're like I I'm I'm cracking up editing this, the the whole Fisher Stevens mum and the Terminator. And I genuinely didn't have a clue what you were on about. I'm like, what?
2: <laughs> right, yeah.
0: What? I I'm like, that is has Bo had an accident or something? <laughs> you're not telling me about it. He's just like, like I'm like and then it's like came back in drips and drabs, but I couldn't remember there is a t there's ten minutes. Of that, the, the the Fisher Stevens thing goes into like goes it as doing bad impressions of Arnie, right, and that woman from that movie that gets shot in Terminator, uh, and you doing impressions of ACDC, to me doing a horrible impression of Alfred Hitchcock, at like ten minutes of just pure fucking lunacy and nonsense that I don't <laughs> know where that came from, but it all happens in a ten minute period. It's like it's like me and you were like, you know what? fuck this episode let's just do bad impressions let's do bad impressions and bad role play i can't remember any of it yeah i i know what you mean it's
2: almost like we go into one of them uh altered states trances Mm -hmm. and and turn into x-files monkeys for a period of time and then wake up in the zoo naked
0: I, think, yeah, I could not could not remember it. Listening back, it, would, it got ludicrous. It got to the point, I couldn't remember doing an Alfred Hitchcock. And I wasn't even drinking. And my Alfred Hitchcock is terrible. Yeah, it really is. It's terrible. And I think the the, the, the greatest line that came out of that whole skit was, you say, they, at this point, I'm just wondering who it could actually be. Um, and I'm like, I could tell you who it's not any living person on the planet um, and <laughs> so yeah so it was a ton of fun to record and i think we've resigned ourselves to the fact i heard you mention it on morbid mondays now that you know we're both checked out this season really I, we're both checked out of it. The, the the investment that the goodwill and graces that i had um on episode one have long since fizzled away um like a match lit outside and left to burn to its bitter embers. That's kind of where we are now with the X-Files, and I think it benefits the conversation when an episode is really shay. Because then we can play around with it. When it's taking itself too seriously, we can't. And at least that's what tonight's episode kind of has going for it. Some of it is a bit campy. um, But then they genuinely try and play it quite serious as well. So, uh, yeah, the, the feedback's been amazing. And hearing people, like, check certain things or say they've been enjoying listening to that makes me feel good because if we were suffering through this fucking season and no one was listening bo i would be pissed off
2: yeah yeah uh it's it, it, it is reassuring to know that people are listening also there is such a high degree of uh the grim optimism of a film like Lays FM, I yeah. feel, is what we're experiencing here. <laughs> Which is everything's gone to shit around us, Duncan. Mm-hmm. But there's a race car called *Westworld* coming to pick us up. Yeah, and bro, maybe, God. and maybe it'll be better th- somewhere else. Yeah, we are
0: we are two episodes after this one away from bidding adieu to the X-Files, potentially forever. Um if justice is served forever. Um and and then like a couple of weeks off, and then that that, that sweet, sweet amber nectar that is Westworld and all it promises. Um I just can't wait. That trailer, by the way, I've watched about five or six times. That's how you set up a trailer for a season two. And with that, I know very little that's happening here, except I want to watch it. So, well played. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm excited enough that I signed up for the uh, beta release of the iPhone app. (laughs) So... You don't. You don't have to treat me different, Duncan. Uh, I'm just a normal person like you, who also happens to be in the beta program for the mm-hmm. Westworld app. So, you know,
0: I thought we'd done away with this class system.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not implying that there is one, <laughs> but I'm not denying it either.
0: When you're at the top, you don't you don't really realize he's below you. Um, I'm not so. looking
2: down, Duncan. I'm only looking up.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so folks, uh because this show is rigidly formatted, uh it's important that we get to our first segment, which will inevitably lead to our discussion of uh the X-Files season 11 episode 8 entitled Familiar. Uh before yeah. we do that, we like to have a perfunctory succinct conversation about uh what we've been watching recently, both good and bad, and Duncan. Mm-hmm. Uh what what on earth you, like last week you had all the uh the fright fest stuff. Yeah. So this week what do you what are you bringing to the table? What you
0: got? Uh, funnily enough it's at least one movie that i know you have seen um and one that you saw i think a little while ago um and i i know you probably want to talk about maybe one of them um and i know you won't want to talk about the other one because you're going to be covering on devour um so you probably want to give away too much uh but i watched tragedy girls because I, I've i heard the hype from last year about that movie. Um, and then I watched the filmmaker's previous outing, which was Patchwork, um, which I also heard a lot about because it played Fright Fest two years ago, I think. Um, and it only just made its way to Amazon Prime in the UK, I want to say within the last two, three months. Um so it took a bit of time to come out and so but I watched them in like reverse order, so Tragedy of the Girls was the first one I watched. Um mostly off the back of Andy Blockley having seen it and telling me that he really didn't like it um and he didn't know what all the fuss was. And I think he was more angry at the way it had been described to him as he was by the film. Basically told me that you know, people are touting this is the next scream and you know all the rest and I, I was like whatever well, you shouldn't listen to what people say you should just watch the movie, um I watched it I liked it quite a lot I thought there was quite a lot in it that I I found refreshing, um I thought it turned a couple of horror tropes and cliches kind of on their head in a nice way in a nice kind of a, a way which felt as a viewer. You know that's that's all unexpected. Didn't realise the movie was going to go there, and then I saw it going in certain directions and kind of kind of ran with it. Uh, it reminded me of uh, Ronnie and Michelle's high school reunion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh huh. But we're killing, and I kind of loved that because, like, uh, uh, FYI, guilty pleasure of that movie. Um, and yeah, They're- I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the dialogue was witty. I thought the casting was perfect. Uh, that girl from uh, Deadpool is genuinely a really good actress. Um, she's
2: very good in it. Yeah,
0: yeah, she's excellent in it. So, um, and I liked the way that the story kind of unfolded. It, it, it made me, it made me smile. It made me smile in a way where I, I would put it in the same sort of genre category as that Ryan Reynolds film Voices. Kind of reminded me of that. You know, it's it's kind of very. A very vibrant looking movie, very kind of bright, um, and it takes a couple of turns which are very, very dark. Um, but yeah, I had a ball with it, and it finished, and I was like, "Yeah, that was a great movie." I don't, I don't quite understand why everyone was raving about it to the extent they were. However, that being said, it's a movie that stood out to me amongst a, a, you know a genre where most of the movies. Um, kind of morph into one another it, it definitely is one that I will not forget uh, and in a good way yeah I was I was thoroughly impressed with that I thought it was a, a ton of fun to watch yeah so. I, I,
2: I completely agree you're right I don't want to go too deep into it because we are going to be talking about it on the next Devour um, yeah. I will say that I I really like it the more I've thought about it mm-hmm. the more I like it I, I think yeah. it's a movie that you you can spend some time peeling back and and it's uh, uh, satisfying like that. That is rewarding to do. Yeah, uh, and and the other movie comparisons I would make are uh some kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. The John Hughes movie it yep. borrows a lot of beats from that, and uh, the other is uh, because we were just talking about it uh, with one Richard Glenn Schmidt on Hero Hero Go Show. Uh, a movie like Memento Mori, mm-hmm. um, there there are hints of that as well. It's yeah, I th- I, I think it's great. But uh, we'll I'll talk more about that on on Devour and um, yeah. but I assume then are you are you about to talk about Patchwork?
0: Yeah, so that, that's the next one I want to talk about, and I thought that was fucking great.
2: Yeah, like really, I,
0: I, for a movie that's
2: it might like, be better than tragedy girls let's be real um, for a second yeah
0: i think it is i think realistically it is i and the reason i think that way is i think there's a lot more going on in it funnily enough like even though it has like a a, a much smaller budget um and it you know it is filmed very kind of indie style whereas when you watch tragedy girls you that that looks like a lot of money's been spent in it, where it hasn't it's just the money's went to the right place um and and um, patchwork i found i found it quite vibrant with with kind of subtext but the top story was just fun it's like a really really fun movie and uh, i love the the use of the chapters um i love the twist a reveal, Uh Uh which I did not see coming a mile off. I I did Um, not
2: either. I thought that was very clever. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very, very clever. And the reasons behind it being rooted in this kind of idea of how women see themselves and, you know, kind of enhancement, so to speak, I thought was really cool. Um, There's there's definitely shades of Reanimator ripping out of it. Oh, Um, for
2: sure. Yeah
0: shades of frankenstein um, Frank and frankenhooker yeah frankenhooker sure uh-huh but it's all done in a really loving way it doesn't feel like it's stealing anything even though the liquid that's injected in to reanimate the bodies is luminous green and um, it didn't feel like oh well he's just ripped that off it felt lovingly put in there i thought the story was really really well paced And I just loved the humour. I thought the humour in the movie was great. So, yeah, I'd probably agree with you. I think Patchwork's the better movie. And I'm kind of hoping that because Tragedy Girls got so much attention, it swings people back to check out Patchwork because I had heard nothing about that movie until I started... Chatting with the 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 two retrobates from uh, Scott and Liam versus Evil uh, podcast, and they they raved about it. Patchwork is literally they'd be talking about it in their show for for months um, because they knew it had come out on on Amazon. And I checked out, and I yeah I thought it was thought it was a, a great movie. And he is an interesting voice, I think. You like I, I love the the more serious auteurs doing stuff and um, the horror genre just now. Your your Mike Flanagan's. Um, and such, like, I love the idea, but you need the balance, you need the counterbalance of people that are, are willing to be kind of risky, have a kind of unique voice, but also prepared to get a bit goofy. Um, yeah, I think we he- need that in the genre. And I think this guy does it really, really, really well. He seems to, seems to have a really good grasp on tone, uh, which is difficult like tone in horror movies is very difficult because if you're too serious, you turn some viewers off that are there for the, the boobs and the gore. But if you go too goofy, you're going to turn off another huge kind of swathe of viewers. And I think he hits a really nice balance uh, somewhere along the middle of being almost absurd, but at the same time having a really good message behind these movies. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I, I did too. I, I think Stuart Gordon is a great comparison Yeah, Uh, I I think he's a director that shows that kind of promise. And it's weird that he's done a lot of movies, really. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler McIntyre has. And I said it on uh, the Morbid Mondays. I like I don't know what changed for him Uh, and maybe nothing. Maybe all his movies are this good and we're just all stupid. Um, (laughs) But but it's almost like he decided he wanted to do this sort of feminist voice in uh, in horror and, and kind of examine, you know, I think Patchwork very cleverly uh, examines the way that women talk to each other, uh, yep. the way that sometimes they're forced to compete with each other, um, the way that they also have a unique bond and support for, for each other as mm-hmm. well. Uh, that there is, Those relationships are complicated, but I, I think the movie does a... a surprisingly good job of portraying that in a, a very yeah. literal way that makes the metaphor feel earned. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's a terrific film and, uh, I hope more people check out Tyler McIntyre's stuff. Uh, I plan to do it myself. And as I said on, uh, on, on the show yesterday, he's on my radar now. Like when, yeah. when I hear there's a new Tyler McIntyre movie, my ears are gonna perk up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna want to know what that is. So, did
0: you mention? I think because it's obviously for UK listeners of this podcast, it's on Amazon Prime. Did you say it was on Netflix in the states?
2: That's right. It is available yeah. on Netflix here in the good old US of A. Uh, yeah, and and I like I said, I just had a an absolute ball. It was a movie I started watching, thinking I might end up doing something else with it in the background. Mm-hmm. And within the first ten minutes, I was in, yeah. and I, I, it completely captured me. So, uh, anytime a movie can do that, and it really does get supremely goofy at times. The oh yeah, yeah the definitely. Owlcat cat thing. Holy, oh, shit, the Owlcat cat thing
0: is like I, like you could have. I think I almost woke up my entire house l- laughing. Um because I like what's he, he calls it Archimedes or something. Yeah, the and, fly Archimedes fly. Yeah. Made me one laugh of the out loud. Yeah. Funniest moments I've seen in a movie in a long time. So yeah, I thought that was I yeah, I just thought it was I thought it was fucking brilliant. So um I'm trying to think on the, the bad side. I don't think I've seen much bad if I'm honest. I finished the Unibomber uh TV show on Netflix, thoroughly recommend that.
2: Yeah, Darren seems to be down with that as well. I may I may try to catch up with that a little bit later.
0: Yeah, it's an easy watch. It's it's a really easy watch. But um what what made me smile from ear to ear is a little cameo in there by a little Mark DePlace who shows up for nice. a more serious acting role. And it's it's very well the whole show is casted well. It's full of people you'll know from from movies like proper Hollywood movies, so um it's very well cast. It's very well acted as well. Uh, they've they've obviously changed certain aspects slightly to sensationalize the story, Um just a little bit more than they need to. Uh, like if you if you've read up about the the Unabomber, there's there's a couple of things in there that are slightly different. Um But yeah, I th- I, yeah, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought it was um a great watch. Off the back, is like, like you can clearly tell. I mean even the way they've named the, the the show, it's it's trading off the back of uh, Mindhunter, the venture show. I, like mm-hmm. it's I think it's got like Manhunter, this one's got Manhunter, the unibomber or something like that. It's very similar title cards and all the rest. So it's it's done a particular way to to get you like if people have watched this now like this, let's do more FBI criminal profiling. So you know next it's, time it's doghunter. Dog Dog Hunter. <laughs> Dog Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Um, no, don't watch that. Left leg uh, hunter. <laughs> With, there's a
2: killer on the loose and he's leaving left legs in his wake. Here's here's a 10 <laughs> well, episode drama following the task team assigned to stop him.
0: It, it reminds me of the... like. I, I find weird connections back to Twin Peaks all the time, but it wasn't, wasn't in the back of the trunk of uh, Doppel Cooper's car that was a, a dog leg. Just a random yeah. dog leg. Uh huh. <laughs> that's right. Love that. Love that fucking show. Uh, Man, but yeah. So re- remember
2: I, when we were talking about
0: Twin Peaks? Oh, uh, no. Feels like feels like only, it feels like a long time ago, actually. The X Files is taking it out of me. Um, but yeah, so that's, I think I haven't, I can't think of anything memorably bad, which is at the front of my head, which I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this and trash it. Um I do want to defend myself slightly because if you watch Morbid Mondays, every now and again aspersions are thrown about me. Um almost, well that almost i almost constantly.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I know and I can see your face I can see the, the smile and the gleam in your eye when you're about to say something that you know I won't see for twelve and a half hours. I can see it, right? I can I can feel it. Um And it was about Duncan not understanding the pure was it, the pure joy of watching bad movies. I believe was the line. No, Duncan doesn't understand the pure joy of watching bad movies because there are so many great movies out there to watch. And I think that every time you watch a bad movie, you let the terrorists win. I think I think time should be spent hunting down great movies. And I think if you're watching a movie about seven Toad Sally, or whatever the fuck her name was, and um, 7
2: Maggie, yeah, whatever. Slut,
0: yeah, when you said, <laughs> I think if you're sitting down to watch a movie, I'm up my, my shape meter is already, is already it's like the shape barometer has already reached the top, and like mercury is spilling forth from it. I know before I even sit down to watch that movie that is going to be horrendous right i know that uh, right uh-huh. you sit down and you see that as a oh i can't wait to watch this really bad example of filmmaking where i sit down and say you know what you know what i'm gonna watch a great movie or i'm gonna watch should, a movie. Yeah,
2: i should watch blowout or the conversation
0: yeah you that's yeah, at that point right. that's what not even but the thing is not even movies that you know are great right just movies that you have never seen like movies that you have heard are great. I would rather do that than watch that movie. And you've you've got them all dipped. I know I know exactly what that spinning thing on on the show is just a hypnotism thing. You've been watching Darren Brown. You know how he does it, right? It's just a hypnotism device to get more people to watch shit movies, right? And they're all like, <laughs> "Yeah, bowl, tell us more about your shit movies, so we can all watch them as well." And yeah, like all these people are just going to waste their time watching awful awful movies when there is so many. So many amazing movies out there. Richard Duncan, like, <laughs> I almost, I almost feel that the hard work we did in the first two seasons of Duncan and Bo when we we had like a, a laundry list of amazing movies that people should check out is almost being sullied. Bo, I think mean, you're sullied. It you're you're dragging you're dragging <laughs> the name of this podcast through the mud. We are nonsense about fucking nine-nosed Jane or whatever whatever the yeah. What, what did you watch bo? Uh
2: I'm glad you brought it up, Duncan. Uh I <laughs> I watched uh for my bad film uh a movie called Damned by Dawn, uh which had been kinda on the on my vague radar for a while as sort of an evil dead ripoff. Uh-huh. And also it's about a banshee. Oh, I do
0: like the, the 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 old urban legend of the banshee.
2: Yeah, and and so I, I finally got around to watching it, and it's not it, it's real cheap, oh. and it's a little too evil dead for how serious it's taking itself. Uh-huh. So the the style doesn't quite match the tone. And there's some real chintzy floating skeleton demon thing effects where, uh, like, a l- girl's just driving a sedan through them and it's <laughs> doesn't look great. <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those movies, like, it's not terrible. It, it's mm. it, like, you know, if mediocre is the needle standing straight up. Uh, this is like a couple of ticks to the left. It's not, it's a little worse than mediocre, but not entertainingly so. It's not four-year Teresa hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, that movie is legitimately very funny at times, inadvertently. Um, whereas Dan by Dawn is just like, ugh, all right, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> but a little begrudging um (laughs) speaking of bad movies my good movie of the week is a bad one but it's also a movie that i i I so dearly love duncan and i'm I'm talking about it in far more detail on the next horror hangover but it's the movie i've been immersed in Mm -hmm. which is the film life force the toby hooper apocalypse slash jess franco nude vampire film yeah that is you know i've said it before it's like if you could somehow turn cocaine into celluloid
0: yeah there's
2: that's there's, life.
0: there was a weird period in the 80s where a lot of people were doing a lot of cocaine and making movies they were all apparently in the movie business right and you can tell like life forces. Is the uh, epitome of cocaine self indulgence, um, but I I I, can t- I still think it's a great movie. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think it's super yeah, if you weird, to, but it's so fun. Yeah, if you want to sit down and mine like the issues in the movie, you can, and the the they are plentiful. But I think the story. <laughs> Holds up surprisingly well. The special effects actually have held up, considering the Blu-ray transfers are pretty good nowadays. um, Some of the special effects have held up really, really well. And I find the story fascinating. I think the plot of the movie is just bonkers. um, But somehow all manages to come together. And why is Patrick Stewart in that movie?
2: (laughs) Oh, Mr. Data. I've been (laughs) possessed by a space vampire.
0: Touch me there. Um d I, I don't get I don't get it. kiss me, Mr. Data. <laughs> kiss me, you kiss fool. me. <laughs> that's, that's an order. <laughs> the line is here, no further. Um, All hands pointing, on me. if he says the line is here, no further, he's pointing to his lips. <laughs> here Data, <Tater>, no further. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, um <laughs> Yeah, it's it but it's Man, I, you know, cause I, I've been watching it a lot. It's one of those oh. movies that's kind of eponymous in my life now where like I'll throw it on just to have the visuals in the background when I'm doing something else. Uh, and I've, I'm listening to the director's commentary and getting into the production stories, which are fucking crazy mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, just sitting down to watch the movie. I encourage everyone to do it. It's, it's one of those things that you're like, man, they couldn't make that movie today because there is no way they could make that movie today.
0: Oh, no. No, there's there's about a million reasons why they can't make that movie today, but <laughs> Like, it's, legitimately. Uh, it's, 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 totally, I've said it before. I think Toby Hooper is a f- fascinating director who really only has about four... Great movies, maybe. yet one of those movies is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. As as weird, as weird. Yeah. that man made so many bad movies, like like really genuinely terrible movies. Um, but he is the same mind that gave us the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. it's weird.
2: There and there are flashes of that through many of his films. Like, Mm -hmm. there'll be even in something like Mortuary. Yeah, there are moments in that movie that are like, man, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I I think
0: the it's like when you watch it's like when you watch like something like The Mangler and you're just like, this is not a good. And then there is like even in that movie, there's like one or two scenes where I'm like, that that's that is the brain that gave us Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then it just disappears. I, I don't know what it is. I, I. It's, it's, it's such a strange film like such a strange filmmaker and like life force to me is like that's him getting that's him getting it's like when you know allegedly uh, not allegedly his name's on the fucking movie uh, you know it's like the whole kind of polar guys thing isn't it really it's the it's the idea of you know of a director getting a lot of money who probably shouldn't get a lot of money to make a movie right and life he, forces he, yeah the classic example of that, that that movie cost a fucking squillion pound, uh, like like canon Canon like were at that point just throwing lots of money at him to do things, uh as one of the reasons it went belly up, um but you know that a director like that doesn't need huge amounts of money, and like when you think about like Salem's lot did not cost fucking shitloads of money. And look at the terror that man put on the screen there. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't cost a lot of money at all. Look at the terror the man puts. It's almost like you give him too much and he becomes far too self-indulgent. And when you rein him in, that's where he's at. He's That's where he's actually, he is a nightmare factory. You know, generating things from nothing. Um, but yeah, Life Force is, is fucking bit. I can't wait for that episode because I've seen some special features on it before, but I haven't deep dived on it. Um, and I obviously heard them talk about it on the Electric Boogaloo a documentary, yeah. but I, once again, haven't deep-dived in on the story behind it, and it just, it's one of those movies where you're sitting watching it, you you, you start to chuckle to yourself about halfway through it, you're just like, how does this movie exist?
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it, to give you a little tease for the show to come, mm-hmm. at one point in production, Toby Hooper threw a fucking tantrum because the studio wouldn't let them shave more of matilda may's pubic hair (laughs) because they were like look man we can't just have bare lips out there for all the world to see you gotta give us something he was like god damn it no
0: (laughs) god damn it no if i can't see the lips the lips can't see me Um... right (laughs) right
2: It, <laughs> yeah, but it, I mean, it's just it's fucking nuts, uh. uh it, it, yeah. So, and there's way more of that to come. uh oh, I when, can't we, it. when we get into uh, the origins of life, force on Horror Hangover, exclusively on uh, legionpodcasts.com. Ooh. Ooh. Um.
0: You okay? Yeah. I just, I, I love the way you sexually, very kind of silkily. Um snuck in that um that, that bit of plug in there. Liked it. Liked it a lot. Uh man, it
2: would you believe it? We have wrapped up our first segment I know. in what feels like record time.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some some other movie.
2: <laughs> now, no, no, no. Look. I like where this is headed. Do
0: you? We <laughs> have to talk about things that made me annoyed. <laughs> because we might like maybe we
2: we've set a pace where we hit this episode. We're in and out, no dicking around, no no crazy impressions, just a a, a nice uh, a concise analysis of of an episode of a television show that isn't twice as long as the show itself.
0: Are you fucking high right now? <laughs>
2: I'm not not high, if that's what you're saying.
0: <laughs> it's never going to happen. Like, the, the audience demand, like, demand, nay, they need tangential conversations and nonsense. It's what they come here for. They don't want serious shit. All right, goddammit. We'll be <laughs> yeah. right back.
2: Bad move full of them from low budget
3: crap fests to downright unwatchable and only two
2: men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is short bus cinema
0: let's do it Hey
3: everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts.
2: That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Speaking of stupid cats... <laughs>
0: This episode has none of them. Uh, I thought you meant, like, you were referring to, like, the kind <clears> of <throat> 1940s jazz way of introducing cool characters. Oh, sure. Hep cats. Yeah. Uh, except you know. in this...
2: Yeah. In, except in this case, real stupid ones. Yeah. Um <laughs> We're talking, of course, about season 11 of The X-Files. When you hear stupid, you think X-Files. Yep. Um, so, this one is called Familiar... Uh, which is directed by Holly Dale, Mm -hmm. who, uh, this is her first and only X-Files episode, but has done television directing forever and ever and ever, uh, giant list of credits. Oh, uh, written by staff writer, Benjamin Van Allen, uh, as well as Benjamin Van Allen and Brad Fulmer. And so these are guys who have been along for this X-Files reboot. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that yeah means blame them. (laughs) I (laughs) I
2: can't help as I watch these episodes. I can't help but think from time to time,
0: what went wrong? Why don't I like this? Yeah, it's it's weird because like I was having a conversation with our good buddy the witch over in Australia. And he said that he saw this episode and he really enjoyed it. He thought it was probably the best one of the season. And that hyped me up even more. And and then I watched it tonight and I I realized that I am maybe being hypercritical because I've started that way where if you are if you're on a plane traveling long distance and somehow your attention gets distracted slightly and you can start hearing what you think is a creaking noise from the the wing of the plane that maybe shouldn't be creaking and then you fixate with the cold sweats breaking out of maybe I can hear something, maybe there's something wrong with the plane maybe, you know, why are we still flying, let's get that, you know like that's kind of the hypervigilance that is now set upon me with the X-Files we've started pointing out a few flaws in previous episodes and there's a lot of that, I can't shake them off and I'm looking at everything with a fine-tooth comb, and I, I am fully capable of admitting and putting my hand up that if I approach the previous 10 seasons of The X-Files, I'm going to find all 10 seasons riddled with episodes that have glaring flaws and problems and all the rest. And that's fine. You know, I will put my hand up and say, that does not necessarily mean that I should just dismiss the issues that are in this episode because previous seasons have had issues. I can't can't do that. And I thought they were maybe joking when they called this one familiar um, because, like, the the opening scene of this one is basically a rip-off of It. And last week they tried to rip off Black Mirror like, let's do a takey episode because everyone's loving that black mirror and then this week they're like you know that movie it was huge so let's have a small boy running we'll, we'll call him georgie even though his name's not georgie we'll call him georgie running around in a yellow raincoat and being enticed yeah. by someone you know and hey I'm what's
2: like, what's tim curry doing these days
0: yeah. oh You know what I mean? I'm literally watching this going, right, this is like a clone of it. And then the creature from it, which comes from a TV show, is basically ripped from Channel Zero Candle Cove. Like, it's like and these things have come out in the last like these things were surprise hits in the last year. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at and X Files has always been a bit derivative that way. It's always kind of borrowed from things. But I just found myself like from the start going. I, there's just something that I'm not. I'm, I'm. I should be connecting with this. I should be connecting with like the material here. For the most part, there are a couple of scenes that are really, really well done that I thought were were excellent, and we'll get into it. But there is a point in this, very much like you told me last week. There was a point where you were just like, "You wrote your notes. Fuck you, the X Files." No, um, oh, I got another one of them this week too. Yeah, I think I've got one or two where I was just like, "Really? Is that what? Is this? Is this the way we are? Because we used to be a bit more clever." with the way that we we portrayed social commentary uh, and, and issues affecting us now. And now we don't even have that. Now it's been dumbed down uh, to such a level that the characters basically see it. Um, and, you know, that you don't have to stretch too far to find the meaning in these episodes. And to be honest with you, this is not the episode to put this particular uh, social construct or social criticism in um and yeah yeah so it was a, it was a real what
2: is this about again yeah I've, and we'll get to it because i have a list of questions that i had at the end of this episode that i made a note of so that we can try to, together come together <laughs> as, a, as as a team and figure out what the fuck they were thinking <laughs> um
0: my my first question, my first question, uh, comes up really really quick as well. Comes right after the the opening sequence, and that first question is why are Mulder and Scully even here? Okay, but right, all right. Let's let's set this
2: up and then get to because that's also a very good question, and I have that in my notes as well. Um, because it is a particularly head scratching reason. Um. All right, so. Familiar begins on a playground with this uh, with this kid who uh, sees. We'll call Georgie for, for Georgie, <laughs> and Mister
0: Chuckle <laughs> is <laughs> fucking worst name, the worst name for a fucking character. Even for a kid's character, ever Mr. Chuckleteeth, what the fuck does that even mean, boy? It's the name of a character.
2: Like, if this were a TV show within a TV show, which it kind of is, mm-hmm. then Mr. Chuckleteeth is kind of a dumb name. But the, to, to put so much focus on it, you, you would have hoped that they came up with something better. But they didn't, <laughs> and Mr. Chuckleteeth is what we got. <laughs> and And so it's a kid who has a Mr. Chuckleteeth doll in his hand, and he's singing the Mr. Chuckleteeth theme song and then he looks out into the woods, and his mother's on the phone, and she's having one of those like heated adult conversations where she's like, "You know the this secret can't go on any longer <laughs> I and believe,
0: I believe we call that a domestic bro. kind of a, a, of a domestic, domestic disturbance on the phone. yeah,
2: she had a phone disturbia. <laughs>
0: I've also just realised, Mister Chuckle Teeth. You know, when I likened the the creature here to Candle Cove, um, the Channel Zero thing, what was the creature in that show made out of? Teeth. Teeth.
2: Yeah. No fucking right.
0: originality on this fucking show. <sighs> all
2: right. All right. So here's another point. So uh, this kid sees Mister Chuckle Teeth uh, at the tree line on the edge of this playground. Mm-hmm leaning around a tree all creepy. Yeah. And this kid just goes chasing off after it. Like, Mr. Teeth doesn't wa- waver anything. Nope. Which is another good reminder that kids are stupid, Duncan. Kids can be like, pretty stupid, yeah. Why on earth? You know? Yep. I'm not saying that we don't try to save everyone. <laughs> but... If a creepy character... <laughs> Is leaning out of the spooky woods, waving towards a kid, and they go.
0: Yeah, mm, we I don't ain't know my my, my cancer out of that one. My almost four year old watched this entire episode with me, and <laughs> um, she said that Mr. Chuckle is silly, and then proceeded to give me a five minute conversation why Jason Voorhees is a good guy and not a bad guy. <laughs> so... Ken's you're doing a fun sleeping. job yeah um <laughs> like you're going nowhere near a summer camp child um he's right. <laughs> my friend oh
2: my goodness yeah i let's go diving off the pier
0: i think something's down there
2: yeah
0: <laughs> uh, he's got a hockey mask on and a fucking harpoon um he must be fishing yeah. <laughs> the new
2: new blood that's what that sequel would be called. That's exactly what that'd be called. But yeah, this
0: kid. Uh, All right. Did t- we call this one natural selection? Is that what we're basically saying? Nature will adjust the scales to get rid of the weak. Is that basically what we're saying is done here? Right. I think so. But yeah, I'm not a parent. So, <laughs>
2: but, but, so Mr. Chuckleteeth fucking like grabs the kid ultimately and then uh we we cut the credits and we get a plain jane the truth is out there mm-hmm. which i was a little disappointed by because we've been all fancy all season and yeah this, but this, one, this episode like, came out on a
0: particularly important date though you knew that no i didn't ah, so this is the the anniversary of Mulder and scully's first cases partners Oh, well, which sees, them, should... which sees them return as agents back to a missing child or, sorry, a dead child um, case in the woods. So, all right, I think they're trying yeah, to be a bit so... cleverer than they actually are, though. Um, but yeah, well, well,
2: that's kind of the trend of the <laughs> season as well.
0: Uh, <laughs> So but it, it does follow similar. It follows similar tropes when you think about it. It's like something's happened to kids. Uh, there's a cover-up by the local police department. Um, heavily wooded areas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I think they were trying to pay homage a little bit here, but instead they paid homage. <laughs> Which is a dumber version of homage. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, but even on that level, I'm like, I even giving you credit for that. You've still got to make the story work, mm. and it doesn't. Just
0: reminded me uh, that
2: that opening first pilot episode of the X Files is fucking bitching. It's really good. In fact, I I meant to mention this earlier, but I went back recently and watched the uh, the Leech Monster one. Oh, uh, from like season one, I think. Mm. And you know, because I had that uh, that that same sensation of. I'm being too critical. Let me go back and watch one of the old episodes. And yeah, there's some dumb shit in there, but there's so much charm and, and, uh, tension even mm-hmm. in, in that, even a goofy episode, uh, episode about a leech monster. It kind of does it right. It's a fun monster story.
0: Yeah, because I think there's a lot. I think there's like I think the the Mulder character himself is still being fully realized back then, and their relationship as partners is still being explored. You know what I mean? At this point, they just feel really long in the tooth. In fact, there's a bit here where, like, <laughs> oh, we'll get to it. But Scully's like, "Well, Mulder, weren't you a criminal then <laughs> before you worked with me? Weren't you a criminal?" Uh, profiler and i like that, why would you even say that? You wouldn't say that. See, if you've been partners for 25 years you wouldn't say the line, well before we worked together, didn't you used to you know the answer to that. The audience right. knows the answer to that. Why the fuck are you doing this except maybe reiterating something to people that have never watched this episode uh, never watched The X-Files before out with this season. And why are you pandering to them? Should we pandering to people that have fucking spent years <laughs> years of their life watching this fucking show. And why have they reversed? Why is there a reverse like uh...
2: <laughs> Yeah old, it's old Alright, alright. So old. I I respect the fact that the X-Files kills a child <laughs> first five minutes of the show. Alright, I'll give yeah. you that. Yep. Yep. Not all gonna so... die in
0: this episode either. Right. So
2: uh the cops Find the body. It, one of the officers is the father. Yeah. Um, and now Mulder and Scully show up because I swear to God, this is the claim. Because <laughs> they're like, hey, an animal did this.
1: Yeah.
2: Which it turns out that's right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. we'll get to that. So, uh, th- the local police are like, yeah, the, you know, the kid uh, got attacked by an animal. It, it sucks, but that's what happened. And Scully is like, well, just because you said animal attack, well, uh, if there truly is a killer out there, he would only be emboldened by the fact that you ruled this an animal attack, Yeah, she, which she, you've she says, clearly I described as an animal and attack.
0: And there was damage, there was asphyxiation and damage done to the throat. Which an animal wouldn't do. So on the basis of that, I think that a human's done this. I think we have the beginning of a serial killer because all the things that were done to the body are post, in my my opinion. I'm not doing any analysis, but I think they've all been done post. Which means that you know, if you ruled in this road, then you are basically emboldened a serial killer to do more things. And you know, and the police kind of at this point before we get the the real justification which for why they say they can investigate this case, which is fucking stupid, right, like really fucking dumb, but the police are like, uh, you know what makes you think that and it and then Mulder steps in to defend her and it's like that, you know Scully's not only an agent, she's got professional you know a medical background and which makes her you know qualified to say these things blah blah blah, blah. and she's doctored a damn good one too, Goddamn <laughs> damn good doctor um." And the police are like, oh, right, really? But yeah, it's animal, clearly animal caused this one. And it could be, you know, coyotes. And she's like, Coy- coyotes don't attack humans. And then they mentioned some weird crossbreed. I never got the name of this, but it sounded made up. Um, oh, uh, a, a cow wolf? Yeah, something like that. Um, Coy wolf. Yeah. yeah, and then they're apparently, you know, they've been sightings of them and maybe they're aggressive, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then both, spell out the just of because they, they ask the question, I ask, the police ask this question, because I'm sitting scratching my head going, we've had no, this file has come across our desk and we're going to look at it, do you want to go to Oregon? We've, we've had none of that, right? Literally, the, the murder has happened and then Mulder and Scully are there. And what's the reason for investigating? It? What makes this an X file? Bo? It's. It what? is that. That's the answer. <laughs> it's not an X file. No, it's not.
2: It, well, because apparently Scully has a Google alert set up for animal <laughs> attacks, <laughs> like me. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's animal attack
0: movies that your Google alert set up for.
2: You know, there's always uh, truth in art. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's but a goddamn grizzly did
0: it. Um, yeah, but goddamn grizzly. That's, that's why you got we to wear bells on your jacket. Is like if the the bear itself is played by Wilford Brimley.
2: Yeah, I I, I was gonna say not just him in it. It's got to be him playing the bear. Oh, of course. Uh, brow, goddamn it, <laughs> Yeah like what? Andrew Prime quit bitching about Vietnam, goddammit. <laughs> in my- just interrupting their monologues as the bear. <laughs> I just sat there and listened as long as I could, god damn it. I'm not gonna sit there and be a quiet bear <laughs> when you're out here bad mouthing the US of A, goddammit. Uh <laughs> <rawr>. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh. but yeah. So, like, you finish saying what you're going to say, and then I I will add a little bit extra. So basically, the the, like Scully somehow has an alert which is flagged up to here, and the
2: the reason they have jurisdiction here is because the FBI has jurisdiction in the investigation of a family member of a local officer. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. That's what they say. That's the words. the words on this and. Episode. And, and right. And one of the cups is like, I never heard of that. And I'm like, me neither. Is yeah. that a real thing? Yeah. Surely I was, not.
0: <laughs> I not like my bullshit meter was was off the charts, bone. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I was like, that sounds made up. That sounds like right, a, but, a lie. I mean, this is maybe just a slice
2: of life because if Scully. Is second guessing every animal attack that shows up in her <laughs> inbox? They're at every Barterman and Brother Circus. It's, like this, this elephant crushed someone's trachea, or did he? Yeah, but like, was it a serial killer? <laughs> like so the she, Peanut Murder?
0: Yeah, but she's she's dragged them there, right? She, like clearly she's dragged them there because Mulder doesn't have a fucking clue in the first half of this episode why he's actually there. So, no, so that but no, he it. does! He starts, Mulder's whole job in this episode is to try and make the case an X-File. Right? Because when they arrive there, it clearly is not an X-File. And by the middle point, Mulder's like, well, witches and shit. And then like, yeah, that sounds like an X-File, which Scully will then argue all the way through. That That's not uncommon. Scully tends to be the one that's grounded in kind of realism and science and Mulder tends to be the one that's a bit goofy. However, like Scully's the whole kind that Scully's using psychopathology here to chart what she thinks might be the rise of a serial killer after the first death. So there's no pattern here, which means yeah, the FBI has the, no interest here.
2: There, there has been no string of, of sexual assaults. Nope. There's no sense of escalation. Nope. All right, here's another problem. <laughs> let, let, let's just get into this. So <laughs> why are they there, for? <laughs> Look, n- nobody fucking knows. It, it, it's a mystery. Because uh, Mulder's whole thing is when he's like, hey, at that sign over there, 400 years ago, which set herself on fire because yeah. she was being persecuted. <laughs> God damn it. And, <laughs> and
0: you're just like, what? Yeah. What does this have to do with anything? It's like. She horned in like a motherfucker into this episode. She horned in casually into a conversation about. I wonder if a man murdered this child. Oh, by the way, a witch burned alive over there. I'm like, what? Right, <laughs> you, right. So,
2: eh? All right, so that's real stupid, and that's Mulder's whole raison d'etre in this episode is like, witches, goddammit? <laughs> you you got missing kids, you got woods, that's a goddamn witch. That's <laughs> a goddamn and- <laughs> witch. Used to be aliens, but now it's a witch. <laughs> right. So that's his whole vibe in this episode. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scully ha- just has air head like we have, this is obviously a serial killer that has not killed before or molested children before, at least not reported. Yeah, AKA it's not, just, a I gotta, not a serial killer. I got a not a serial killer three. In in my gut, I got I got a feeling this is probably not the usual crazy animal death that I investigate. Yeah. And when they get out of this scene in the woods, like the the cut away from it is really awkward. And it's also kind of telling, I think, about this show Mm -hmm. where Scully, like as they're investigating the body of the the child and she's saying, like, this could be a killer. um, She's saying, you know, the worst part of it all is that they're aroused by it. Yeah. And and then uh, immediately after she says that, Mulder says, we need to see the body. Except yeah. it's more like we need to see the bone. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and you're like, ooh. That's <laughs> That's not the way to end that scene. No, don't end that scene that way. That sounds like a Away yeah. for a chug. That's not good. Right. That's and but alright, so here's the problem with the the uh this episode, which my thesis it will be entitled All of, all of the Arousal, None of the Come. <laughs>
0: Our our sting, our sting's tantric book of sex, right? (laughs) Because all right, so the whole deal
2: is that she's like, well, you know, this killer just he can't jerk off until he's killing a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's her her the 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 predator that she has described in her profile. Yeah. Meanwhile, there is no evidence of semen on the body. Nope. At yeah, the crime scene, nope. it's just like he is the first sexually driven ser- little boy serial killer who just keeps it in his pants, man. Or brought a Kleenex, you know, one of the two. or some, Right, it's just one of those things where you're like, it, is has there been
0: sexual assault? Have you even checked for that? Like, what is your evidence for any of this? Yeah, and why are you, like you pointed out in this episode, why are you doing a crimin- criminal profile? on a potential serial killer when you're working beside a man that was described pretty much from the beginning, from the outset of the X-Files as being one of the foremost criminal profilers of his time. Why are you doing the criminal profile? And when he's saying, I think it might be an animal attack. Why are you not listening to him? I don't. And also it's so out. It's like, once again, we have another episode here where the writers are sitting down and it's like they've never seen an episode of The X-Files before.
2: Feed up, Duncan. <laughs> and we've, we've said it before. There's a real feed up approach.
0: Is there a chimichangas just... anywhere near us here?
2: <laughs> right. Hey, hey, you guys want to order Chinese later? <laughs> By later, I mean now, because I could really go <laughs> through some egg rolls. I know we should be writing, but I mean, we got the Mr. Chuckle Tea song.
0: Yep. Make sure you get so some bones. Like...
2: That's, That's like, like four pages.
0: Wants to eat all this food on the table. Bad joke. Bad joke. Um, That's a bit as good as the jokes <laughs> in the writing in this episode. It's like it's. Stuff, right, it does not feel like Scully in this episode. Mulder kind of feels like a kind of hollowed out version of Mulder. So all the conspiracy, none of the the wit and intellect, um, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like,
2: none, of, none of the
0: things that make him funny and interesting. Yeah, I, I, like but even like like forced lines when they're when they're coming out of there and going back to her car, and she says the line, "Thanks for having my back in there." And He's like, "Well, you're my homie," um, and I want like, that genuinely. I'd be like, "Yeah, Mulder, that's kind of cool," but no, I want like, that seems forced, seems forced. Seems like a robot. Has it? Seems like the Terminator from the previous episode that we did with "fuck you, fuck you asshole." Kind of seems like you're my homie. It, it 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 doesn't work, and like this is what I'm saying. Like from the first five minutes of this episode, there are issues. <laughs> there are red warning sirens. Like like appearing on me. Going that why? Like we could easily make this an X file if we wanted to. Mulder comes across. A body that looks like it's been disassembled it's of a kid, and it's on Grim's close to where witches were burned. That case lands on his desk. Hey, Scully, we're going to Oregon. Why? Because I think this like that. Scully looks and says, "Well, actually, it looks like his neck's been broken. You know, that's a wound that is not conclusive with witchcraft or whatever. That might be. You know, there may be a man behind this or a family member or whatever. There's your beginning of your ex files. It's like they chopped that whole bit out." And they're like, let's not have another scene of them in a rental car. Let's just have them there right after the event. Um, And let's just have them not be in Mulder and Scully. And let's have Scully saying things that are preposterous. And like saying that the FBI are there because they can investigate the federal jurisdiction to investigate when a family member of a police officer is murdered. And the police the policeman's like that, I don't think that's a real law. And they're like, Yeah it is. And then the police officer doesn't go to check it because the police don't want them there. They pretty much said that, but no one goes to check to see if that law is actually real. And they find that it probably isn't, and then they get them kicked off the case, maybe phone up Skinner and Skinner's like, Where are they? I don't know what they're doing. Last time I saw them, I you know, I was gonna hunt down like i'm losing my teeth anyway but that's fine i'm gonna hunt down uh, he's, he's like missing five teeth by this point you know i'm gonna i'm gonna right. i'm gonna stand up for them but not tell them the information that we need oh by the way there's only two episodes left in this this series and the end of the world is nigh but yeah let's let's have them investigating a kid's death that could be animal related or maybe not it's just it doesn't it, it's frustrating to the point of I, I want to claw my eyes out of my head rather than, than scrutinize the first five minutes of this episode. This is a setup to what we're going to watch, and it's fucking dumb. And another
2: thing <laughs> because when, when I, uh, Scully, especially during the autopsy scene where she's putting together this profile of a killer that may or may not exist. Mm. I'm like, is she being so obsessive about this because it seems so crazy for her to be here? Yeah. Is it her projecting this anxiety that she feels about William onto this poor child? I I thought the same at first. But then I'm like, well, then why not just go looking for William and then it doesn't ever seem to be about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah. Cause the
0: kind of start, cause with... we
2: forgot she has a son and like Mulder admits he has a kid in the episode.
0: Yeah. Scully seems to have forgotten all about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like they're, they're kind of over that. And she's like, you know, it never gets easy to see this and all the rest. I'm thinking, right. But you know, your son's alive. And not only do you know your son's alive, you know, he can shapeshift, Um, so he's probably going to be fine. I'm just gonna... <laughs> Just gonna say he's probably all right. Um, I don't get. It. I don't. I. I don't get why this particular case has attracted the attention of Scully, and the episode makes no effort to link it up at all. It's just like it. It literally feels like you say it is more plausible that she got a Google alert that popped up on her phone. Like even even like let's. Let's try some. Let's even try and do like the murder she wrote approach. Let's say that Mulder and Scully are, you know, they're having a wee vacay, you know, and they're staying in Oregon for some reason. Maybe they've got like the world's greatest blueberry pancakes, and they're stopping in there on a way back from something or a way to something, and then a murder happens in the area, so they start to investigate. They're dragged in unintentionally through professional curiosity. Maybe that's how you do it. That is more believable and plausible than like scully randomly finds this case which hasn't been reported to the fbi and nor would it and makes up some bullshit law to be there uh on the premise that she wants to do a bit of criminal profiling about a serial killer where there's no evidence is a serial killer um and then she's gonna start using pseudoscience to talk about arousal uh, and all these other things, which Mulder doesn't seem interested in. That Mulder kind of should be interested in as a criminal profiler. Mulder's more interested in, oh well, there's a legend of a witch that got burned over there. Like maybe we'll make this a witch story to justify our presence here. Being officers investigating X Files. <laughs> what the fuck? I I don't yeah. underst I don't understand how you can be this dumb people are getting paid to make this show people are getting paid to write this show and this episode has a decent budget like just just alone the the costumes the the creature costumes that's that's a bit of money there you know what i mean that that's a bit of money so there is money being flung at this and it's being flung at dumb
2: yeah yeah it's i mean it's the the problem we've been seeing all season which is episode to episode you don't know which version of the characters you're going to get are they going to be the mopey grim where is William parents are they going to be the kind of goofy throwback Scully and Mulder are they going to be these kind of flat characters that they usually are in these episodes are they going to
0: be fucking because there was a whole episode where they couldn't keep their hands off each other and now that's when kind of cold
2: yeah yeah I mean well it's a different episode Duncan (laughs) it's a different Um, episode (laughs) So <laughs> Mulder, Mulder finds salt on the kid's feet, which wasn't in the report. And he's like, salt, you say <laughs> way. Wh- hey, witchcraft. You let mean. me. He <laughs> you know, like taste it. Um, that's witch salt. Uh, <laughs> you're goddamn right. I licked her foot. I had to know if she was a witch. Uh- I don't care uh, about my heart disease. I need more salt. God damn it. Diabetes is about sugar, not salt. Get off my <laughs> back, god damn
0: it. That's, that's how brave buy, Mulder was that he, you know, that could have been sugar. could have killed. Brif. Brifle, 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 yeah, he but he just could taste it anyway. Because <laughs> he's going to pass up free white salt. I like to live on the edge. God damn it. <laughs> His version of Russian roulette. Is First that salt shaker or is that a sugar shaker?
2: <laughs> you may be asking yourself, did I get salt packets
0: or sugar packets in that coffee, goddammit? tell the truth, I lost count in the confusion. You gotta ask yourself one <laughs> question. Do you feel lucky or do you punk?
2: <laughs> Go ahead and make my day, goddammit.
0: Oh, so Dirty Mulder uh, licks the bottom of this kid's foot. Um, doesn't like the uh, (laughs) 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 bomb, lifts the the substance off, realizes it's salt. Instantly, like, it's like that. Remember, like, three minutes ago, I mentioned witchcraft. Well, guess what they use in witchcraft and ceremonies? Salt circles. So, yeah, and your face,
2: yeah, Scully right like we got two competing theories one is a crazy serial killer that doesn't exist yeah and and by the episode we learn doesn't exist <laughs> uh, yeah she was <laughs> so, so scully's journey through the episode is having a bad idea and sticking to it until other shit just happens anyway
0: yeah, yeah like scully <laughs> <laughs> Scully story arc, Mulder story arc is I can literally be dragged anywhere without knowledge of what I'm doing there. Find something weird, connect it back to the killing, and guess what? I'm right.
2: (laughs) Right, I got I I got my crystals guiding my path (laughs) uh, because of witches. Apparently, (laughs) I can smell. I'm sniffing out, goddamn it!
0: I'm like a, a bloodhound for witches. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Scully is so invested and so adamant here, and she's fucking wrong. Yeah,
2: totally 100% wrong. <laughs> All the way to the end of the episode.
0: Oh my god.
2: And it, it, it literally takes Mulder being like, witches, Scully, witches! Yeah. <laughs> oh... Uh-huh. Sure enough, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'll be damned.
0: Yeah, it, and, and uh, anyway. this, this season does not have issue with showing Scully the weird shit now. There used to always be that thing in x Even last season, there would be that thing where something would happen, and only Mulder would see it, and Scully would be kind of like, oh, yeah, Mulder, whatever. Kind of skeptical, the science hat would still be on. And this season, we just see like a woman reciting incantations and then bursting into flames in front of her after she said spontaneous combustions, you know, when she said it doesn't happen, or I can't remember what she said, but
2: yeah, just like uh, what a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, so basically it doesn't happen naturally.
0: Yeah, and something. she's just like, okay, Do like, that. like she saw that with her own eyes. Okay, so like see if I saw like a human. Standing with a like a like a, a grimoire, <laughs> reading reading witchcraft spells, and then they bust in the frames in front of me. See the next like the next case I work in the X Files, I'm believing it. What is it? <laughs> yeah, like a, a a weird bat. Yeah, that's a real thing. Um, you know, like I'm just believing. Probably because like, I've seen witchcraft. You know what I mean?
2: Right, let me tell you a story about somebody who spontaneously combusted, only the book didn't burn. Yeah, exactly. Like, ex- I ex- saw ex- that <laughs> shit myself. I saw it with my own eyes. Tell me there are no witches. Mulder, witches, goddammit!
0: <laughs> it's like See? that meme that's running around just now with a guy sitting at the table saying, convince me otherwise. <laughs> like, Scully sitting right. at the table saying, I saw a woman cons- uh, spontaneously combust after reading from a Grimoire, a book that didn't burn convince me otherwise you know what i mean it's like mm. literally at that point she is she's all in you know what i mean she's betting the house man. yeah
2: it's all in there but again i mean episode to episode Duncan. yeah next Don't.
0: episode that you know she'll not be a believer again okay so uh
2: we, we start to get into the drama going on in this small town lots of drama. where at the, at the memorial service <laughs> for uh this stupid ass kid <laughs> That got lured into the woods, Georgie. Uh, there, Georgie. There's a ratty-looking preacher, and for a half a second, I was like, "Is this episode Silver Bullet?" <laughs> yeah. And then immediately realized it wasn't, and became very sad. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, if they do Reverend Werewolf, I would be so on board for this episode." Uh, but not just a werewolf, but like if the if the Reverend did it. And there were a can drive, and that's when you saw the patch. Mm-hmm. If the episode had done all of that, yeah, I would have really enjoyed it. Instead, I just watched Silver Bullet. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, uh, Randy from the show Monk is the father of this kid. You've th- this is uh, like is this
0: the second week in a row you've mentioned Monk?
2: Uh huh. Jesus, it is. And so every time I see him, I'm, I I just hear in my head, "It's a jungle out there," and I'm like, "I've watched too much Mark. That's my problem. So Randy. Uh, also, it's got Ted Levine in that show, and I think that's ninety percent of why I I watch. Yeah, any I watched episode Ted of Levine in
0: anything.
2: Yeah, because you know Randy. She's a great big fat <laughs> She's a big not
0: a great big fat person.
2: Randy, I used to have a well. Randy. Randy, <laughs> come here. I'm sorry. Sometimes it's fun to just say Randy like Ted Levine. P- precious. Um, precious. Randy get precious. Uh I've almost turned into a uh uh Larry Flint, there for a just second. a
0: little bit. It was close. It was close. Yeah. I could feel you. D- Pervert is back. <laughs> uh, That's a deep, deep cut. That's a devour the podcast deep cut. Uh huh. That's a fucking callback. That's a callback from three years ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. Larry Flint is always with me in in spirit. <laughs> um, I admire his pluck. <laughs> 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 so uh randy is confronting one of his uh fellow officers mm-hmm. and and it finally gets the information like hey the fbi is saying that this could be murder well not the fbi just one member of this team of fbi agents who we did not ask to come here
0: yeah
2: <laughs> but regardless This crazy broad (laughs) is saying that it's probably a white male, nineteen to forty-two, and he gets off. He gets off on doing it. Yeah, and you know, Randy just gets fucking twisted. He's like, "Oh, is that what they did to my little?" I mean, there was no evidence of this at all. (laughs) But like, why worry about any of that? Did he
0: fuck my child? Did you fuck my child? Did you fuck my child? Did you fuck my child? You fuck my dead boy. (laughs) My child. You fuck my dead boy fuck my child fuck my child Fuck my child um like yeah he's like literally he's got like his alarms got pedophile the pedo pedo alert pedophile pedophile um like like, like 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 pedo 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 like like literally that alarm's going off in his head unsubstantiated, completely right he
2: completely
0: no evidence right, so <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, Randy just had, like immediately goes to the, the Vicap or whatever system it is. I don't know. I'm just saying words.
0: <laughs> and as you said Vicap system, I was like, "That, yeah, that's the one." <laughs> that's possible. probably
2: right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds legit. Uh, the motto of this podcast sounds legit. <laughs> sounds legit. Yeah. Um but he he's like apparently typing in local sex offenders I don't know about or whatever yeah and 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 so this guy melvin melvin peters the this guy's profile pops up, and he is an unregistered sex offender in right down the road, yeah, and so Randy gets fucking bent further and just storms out of the police station, yeah,
0: but meanwhile Scully. Scully's already had this conversation with Mulder and she's like that. Listen, it's usually a family member that kills their kid and I think it's Randy that's done it. Um and I think that the, You don't you don't want to say it like Ted Levine. Uh, Go on. R- give it a shot. <laughs> and <laughs> pretty good. It feels good, doesn't it? It does feel pretty good. like like Mulder's like that. Oh, I'm not sure about that. She's like the police are covering it up. And Mulder's like mm, still not sure about that. witchy salt. Look, and she's like no, nope. so she fucks off to the the police station, and just basically walks in, finds the chief, and without once again without evidence at all, um, she she basically just walks in there and says, "Yeah, I've con- confirmed these necks been snapped." Um, so, so unless this unless this wolf creature was Stephen Seagal, I don't think the wolf snapped his neck. So, well, let me just tell you right now: there's, I think you you'll know the same as me because we're all just amateur criminal profilers in this episode that generally it's the father that's done it so and he's like well that's not right and she's like listen what will happen is that extreme guilt will come over him and he'll do something to harm himself and they're like no that wouldn't happen and we're like, well let's go and fucking see him then like so they both get up and go a walk but meanwhile yeah, they're like old randy no
2: randy you Stable as they come he's a very stable, yeah, genius. Yeah, they
0: like, like, he's like a stable, stable guy. And then they go and speak. And the first cops on that, no, he just made a, made a beeline out of here. So we go outside,
2: right? There's like a randy shaped hole in the wall from where he ran out so fast. <laughs>
0: like, like, we see like, his car, just <laughs> 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 we literally go, we go back to our like. Uh... <laughs> Our thing from from Ghostbusters, like he's, he's these other computers, he's like he's got one, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <Listening>. he's <cherry laughs> the fucking street, like 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 a bat out of hell. He's away up there, so they're like, fuck it, right? Well, we need to go, right? And, and, and Scully's like, he's like, you're with me to Scully. And Scully's like, okay then. So they get in the car and then they do what, is, what I can only describe as. The most unconvincing car chase sequence. I. It's better ever than the one from TV. the first
2: episode. They're, it is better than the one from the first. Yeah, episode. but
0: they're traveling. They're traveling. Yeah, but in this in this episode,
2: upwards of twenty miles per hour. Yes, yeah, but like, they're
0: turning the wheel. It's like and like no. <laughs> you could
2: throw out a shoulder if you ran into something no, like that. I love
0: the bit where they they actually do like a full forty five degree turning the car around this corner and Scully's movement is she moves slightly to the side. <laughs> it's like literally for the, the sound of the car is like there's like great right, she's coming just coming like, off
2: hang on. going through a shop window. Hold on number one.
0: You know what I mean? It's like anarchy, there's like a, a kind of crashing noise for the car behind them as it smashes into a trash bin, you hear it, like, literally, literally all this stuff's happening. The car is just turned a corner. That is it. And they, they chase this car up, and then, meanwhile, Randy. There's a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the sound guy's gone nuts. He's like, that. There's nothing written in here. It just says, go with your gut. So I'll just fucking put any fucking thunder, <laughs> thunder lightning coming down. The sound of a cre- <laughs> creaky door opening, a cackle. <laughs> It, like it turns
2: out I had sixty eight layers of tracks I could lay down and I used every goddamn one of every
0: them. Every single one of them. And that one time.
2: Here's here's my mom saying happy birthday. <laughs> this is that weird truck slash sharks sound here's my from Jaws sneezing. and Duel. This is a fart. <laughs>
0: For no reason at all. And we don't know who did it, but I recorded it. Right. <laughs> I can't say who did
2: <laughs> but I was alone in the booth when the sound <laughs> was recorded I believe it was a ghost <laughs> Ghost Fart the new film from Eli Roth yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's edgy man it's edgy yeah, I'll have 75% I'll have more dude bro characters <laughs> Man, ghost fart
2: is a bunch of guys who go into a haunted
0: fartatorium. <laughs> oh, the ghost fart. Uh, but anyway, so like Randy. Oh, ghost Fart. So, like, Randy kicks down the door, is <clears throat> looking around, can't find anything. So, meanwhile, fucking Scully and the Sarge um, appear, and they come at the car, and Scully's the only one following protocol here, right? There is an insane cop that is not following orders who's broken down the door of a house that he doesn't have a search warrant for. Scully's pulling her gun. I'm with Scully on this one. I'm with her. Hashtag, I'm with her. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm, hashtag Scully too. Yeah, hashtag Scully too. Yeah, so, like, she's got her gun out, and the, the cop's like, put, put the gun away, and she's like, no. Nope. <laughs> FBI, motherfucker. (laughs) I have jurisdiction here. So they go in the house, and Randy comes out. Is it safe to say Randy's had what they call a mental breakdown, Bo?
2: Uh, Randy has had uh, what we call in this country a death wish. (laughs) Um,
0: You mean he's become Bruce Willis for no reason at all?
2: He's been remade for no reason at all. Uh, (laughs) But (laughs) I
0: fucking like Eli Roth. It's gonna be edgy, man, this time. <laughs> love that that's your impression of Eli Roth. Doesn't sound anything like him, but I love the fact that he's, like, some sort of, like, like, like 1980s, like, skater kid from, like, SoCal.
2: <laughs> yeah, that feels right to me.
0: he's <laughs> gonna be edgy, man. It's gonna be so hardcore. It's gonna be red, full of reditude. man. It's gonna like the dude's
2: gonna have diarrhea in the cage.
0: Like b- before he gets eaten. Fuck man. that movie so hard. And like, see when I saw Dude, that movie, um, see when that scene happened, I actually felt like what if I had been on set, I would have got a newspaper, rolled it up, went across, smacked Eli Roth in the nose, told him he was a bad boy, and told him to lie down.
2: No, <laughs> I'm jumping right into my next project. Knock, knock. Keanu Reeves just holding it down with a banging performance, man. (laughs) These two hot chicks show up and they kind of grind on him, some man.
0: One of them and he don't know what to do. Girlfriend for no reason at all.
2: Oh man, it's fun to film your girl with somebody else, man. (laughs) You know what I talk about? Yeah, everybody does. I'm not weird. Yeah, the, he,
0: um, I've always had the sneaky <laughs> tradition that Eli Roth really had this threesome fantasy and he just couldn't talk his girlfriend into it, so made knock knock.
2: Right. She was like, Who do you think you are, Keanu Reeves? Shut the fuck yeah, up. He was like, How bad I filled you girls with Keanu <laughs> Reeves then, man. And she was like, Fine, set it up. I'll fuck him riding <laughs> on camera for you. <laughs> Fucking hot man.
0: I'm riding Neo, I'm riding Neo.
2: Keanu, check this out. My girlfriend slash maybe wife, totally gonna bone you, dude. We
0: could easily find out if she's either about what's the fucking point? Uh, I mean, you know, I need, like, he probably laughing. doesn't know either. <clears throat> but yeah, um so so <laughs> like, like, Randy's Randy's brain is split in two. Yeah. And
2: and so all right, let's catch up with Mulder real quick because Mulder went to interview the little girl yeah. that was the witness at. Well, he's, uh, he's out in the, the forest at first, so when she phones him, he... no, 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 he's he's at Emily's first, and then <sighs> that's right. Goes sorry, to the you're f- right. Yeah. So because he's that's where he sees the uh, tickle Biggles, or yeah, the, 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 we couldn't or get or the license to use
0: the Teletubbies, so we'll basically just replicate them but make them slightly more sinister.
2: Yeah. So, um, he also sees a bunch of books on witchcraft on the shelf. And this is the home. Like, Emily's parents are this lady named Anna and and the captain of police. Yep. So, uh, Mulder's like, Captain Police has all these witch books. That's fucked up. Yeah. Look at these fuckle tickles on TV. <laughs> Those are creepy. Tickles. And then Emily, the little girl, points to the television. Fuckle tickles. <laughs>
0: Chuckle teeth.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, at first it's the Fuckle tickles, and then Emily points at the TV, and it's like, hey, I saw Mr. Chuckle, Chuckle teeth, Um, that he was in the forest. Mm-hmm. And then Mulder's like, huh? And so he goes out to the forest, and that's where. Scully calls him, yeah. and while he's on the phone with her, he sees a big dog. Yeah, he sees the wolf in and... the
0: never-ending story.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, hello, are you? Uh,
0: <laughs> Is that your voice? <laughs> you not, like, not for the wolf, I was thinking more of the rock pick. monster. the bird of fish. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Completely different movie.
1: Completely different movie.
2: Oh, what you doing in here, Mulder? Uh, <laughs> hanging out with girls, you don't want nothing to do with them, Mulder. It's La funny Cor- because like,
0: <laughs> it's a wolf. The, the wolf. While he's on the phone, the wolf turns around and basically shows him his asshole, just like a real dog. Um,
2: backs up and is.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, he, oh. he sees this fucking abnormally black, <clears throat> clearly demonic, witchcraft-laden fucking wolf, staring at him, green-eyed, right in his eyes, uh, while he's on the phone. Doesn't feel perturbed by this at all, Bo, Doesn't draw his weapon. Nothing. Mulder ain't giving a fuck. Like, Mulder's on the phone with Scully. He's got the case cracked already. He's licked the salt. He knows what it's all about. Witchcraft, obviously. Um... And meanwhile, Scully's like, Scully's whispering on <laughs> Mulder, Randy snapped. And they're like, What are you doing? Man, just walk you... into in another room and just speak to him normally. Or speak in front of him. He's <laughs> clearly not mentally there. You're fine. But he's like, M- You know.
2: Older May, Andy Ray,
0: <laughs> um,
2: AZ Cray, way.
0: <laughs> big Latin on the phone. Um, <laughs> Well, just like, you know, well, I only speak Latin. Uh, you know, I only speak American, goddammit. <laughs> that scene from Friends, where Chandler's like, I'm stuck in a festival at good Cinema. Oh, no. And, um, so
1: <laughs> like,
0: she's like, Yeah, we we'll, we'll, we'll think we've cracked the case. Um, and i was just like, Well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come down. And then it's a lead out to Mulder, pretty much. And Mulder is fucking instantly sceptical. And I'm like, Wait, once again, Mulder, you're the criminal profiler. And this guy it- ticks all the boxes. If I was a criminal profiler and I had a criminal profile bow and I had eight points on that profile and someone matched all eight points, I would consider him, what's that called again? A suspect. <laughs> suspect that's well- what I would consider him. And Mulder dismisses him (laughs) like completely not like well we need to talk to this guy We need to do that thing called investigation no 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 Mulder's just like that's a bit too clean (laughs) you've not spoken to him you You don't know if he's got an alibi you don't know where he is you don't know anything about the guy you've just arrived and you've dismissed him what the fuck are we doing here people I thought thought we're law enforcement
2: the exchange between Mulder and Scully in this scene, when Mulder, you know, catches up with her at at Randy's house, <laughs> Randy, Randy, get in here. Uh, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> Sometimes I just do it by myself. Hello, Randy, you're, you're go get me hands, a beer. It's a
0: weird personality thing where it's like that. Am I called Randy now? <laughs> yeah. Is my name Randy? Has Is he changed my... my name and not told me. <laughs> prick rams he's done a, a reverse friends on me here and he's changed my name <laughs> telling me son of a bitch is he trying to gaslight me
2: <laughs> a cat Uh, oh, the pupil has become the master <laughs> um so <laughs> but but there's an exchange between uh Mulder and scully here where M- Mulder says uh like, you know, are are you sure this is the guy? Or are, he's saying, "I'm not convinced yeah. this is our our guy." And Scully says, "Are you sure about that, Mulder?" And he says, "Nope." Yep. <laughs> I mean, in so many words, I mean, what he really says is, "I'm not sure of anything anymore." Yeah. But it's essentially like, "Hey, this the previous three lines that we exchanged in this script, yeah, that serious that line people that I are said paid where for, everything
0: was too clean." And might you know, it's got me suspicious. I don't mean that. <laughs> See, more yeah.
2: smoke. I mean it's
0: just
2: it. It <laughs> is in in film entertainment. Never has time been so
0: wasted. Yeah, he's like that. He's like uh, I'm doing improv here. Just like I was playing the skeptical cop. Now I'm playing the suspicious cop. And you know, in a couple of yeah. lines, what's my motivation? What's my what? Mo- scene, scenes, golly, scene. Scully, scene. <clears throat> Pedophile killed the boy. Maybe uh, in that house. Yep. No, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Do Do you mean that? Who knows? (laughs) Time is a flat circle. I've just stolen that line.
2: (laughs) I heard that somewhere
0: (laughs) by a real cop. Um, Yeah, it's
2: uh, the the it it encapsulated season three so perfectly for me. Yeah. Of just like uh, we don't know what these characters believe or or feel consistently, so why bother we're
0: we're not investigating Um, anymore we're like once again well this is another episode you're just following people around (laughs) this is another episode here where they're not investigating they're not doing any police work they're not doing any leg work any police work like using the resources of the fbi nothing well that oh what you found that he's a convicted sex offender all right like that give me a second while i check with the bureau and i'll see if there's further information on this guy Turns out it was a you know a strange misdemeanor, and you know well, well nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Scully thinks they've got the guy, based on no evidence. Out with he didn't tell his neighbors that he was a sex offender, which you can kind of see why, he wouldn't? Especially in the small town. Especially see when, when you see the reaction, which is two steps away from pitchforks and torches, right? Um, You've got well, that.
2: let's welcome back to the sh- the show here, Duncan, our old pal, self righteousness.
0: Oh fuck! Because this is the this is the bet. This is the bet ball. Because
2: Malter starts to they all right. So they find a Mister Gigglepants uh, suit mm-hmm. in in this dude's house, along with like some clown shoes and some pictures of him with kids. And they're like, you know, all the cops are like, we fucking got him, you know. And Mulder is bemoaning the lack of due process. Yep. Let us not forget, this is the individual who, you know, eight weeks previously, <laughs> slit a man's throat in a hospital room. <laughs> not giving a fuck about due process. <laughs> he was all about the jugular process. <laughs>
0: That, that glaring glaring, glaring uh, memory lapse there where really he forgot all about that um th- the point he's putting forward I, I just think this is the wrong platform to do it on right because it's I, I think it's what is basic what he's trying to what he's trying to make us to, well what the show is try the show is attempting to do here is basically highlight the fact that these witch hunts are happening all the time now, whether it's um, sexual assault through to the Me Too movement, um, you know the, the stuff that happens on campus, uh, all these stories that kind of come out now where people are accused of something and then basically prosecuted by the you know judged and prosecuted by the public. Before they enter a trial, and thus the you know the kind of the burden of being innocent before proved to be guilty is gone. In this scenario, thing like that, yeah, well, without like once again, this should have come later on in the episode. But basically, with all that registered sex offender, child murder, and the thing here, are we not jumping the gun slightly, right? And I think this is the wrong platform. To do this on and the wrong episode to do this on. Because it's a serious issue. It is a serious issue. And to me, this serious message should be tackled in a serious episode. This episode is not serious. Like at all. It is fucking stupid. So what you do is when you put a really powerful message in the hands of something that's stupid, is it's not articulated well. Yeah. And as a result it, it belittles your argument. Which is what, like, when this came out, I was just like that. Did I send you the message? I think I did send you a message. I want to just read the message that I sent you.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it was right uh, at this I don't bit. I right um, Yeah.
0: I sent you a message saying, oh, no, X-Files, talk about a shoehorn message. And it was right at that bit. I was like, oh, no, you didn't. No, we're not doing that to this episode. Please don't. And then this episode becomes a... Well, look at how people judge people without any evidence and blah 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 blah. I was thinking about half the time. Scully has basically made this a murder case with zero evidence.
2: Right, all the murder case stuff is Scully's fault. Like, yeah, this is all Scully's fault. The death of Melvin Peters. Yeah. She she does she she totally gets this guy. Scully murdered. backhandedly murders a man in this yeah, episode I just think, because
0: she's like
2: if she hadn't incorrectly pursued this child murderer line and then
0: linked it to being a you know a state of sexual arousal during the killing incorrectly
2: which there was no evidence yeah, of this would yeah. just be
0: a child killer and now this is a child killer slash molester. Um,
2: She's practically created a Freddy Krueger. She is
0: created. Like. <laughs> this guy's coming back. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, he's. Oh, I was, I was wrongfully murdered by the mob, <laughs> and th- all because of an FBI agent. It's like a nightmare on Scully
0: Street. <laughs> Welcome to not quite prime time, bitch. Um so <laughs> like, yeah. the show is teetering on the edge, man, it really is. But yeah, so like this is the point.
2: I'm your boyfriend now, Dana. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so
0: they, but like the angry crowd has arrived at this point and the, the cops fueling them up and they're all like, kill the kill the molester of children. And Mulder's like, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this small town justice and you know the, the and then Skull like that. But think about it, like he matches everything on the profile. This is the perfect one he's like. It's a bit too clean, bit too clean, bit too clean for Mulder. Mulder doesn't like it clean, Mulder likes it dirty. No evidence of that. No evidence of that. Right. No investigation either. And also it
2: is it has this crazy witch idea. <laughs> he's still like that witch. <laughs> and she's like, Well, because <laughs> He is the guy looking for evidence to support his theory because he walked in with witches on the yeah. brain and and has just used all the evidence that's come into his path to reinforce this. He just happens to be right in yeah. this scenario.
0: <laughs> accidentally. But right. if he had come in, <laughs>
2: yeah. But if he had come in, it was like, there's definitely Sasquatch, goddammit. I'd know it anywhere. I'd be squatching. All we got to do is find. All we got to do is track him into the woods by following his Sasquatch Squat. <laughs> the Sasquatch Guano is one of the more rancid of of turds you're going to find out in the woods. But i know that smell anywhere, goddammit. It was God like a huge diaper
0: filled with Indian food.
2: <laughs> first Sasquatch I ever fought was barehanded, <laughs> goddammit.
0: It was poor Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. He was just trying to cry. Friend, yeah, John Lithgow was off screen yelling,
2: Get out of here, Harry! Nobody wants you (laughs) anymore. God damn it, that was Wilfred Brimley doing 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 an impression. (laughs) Yeah, buck him off (laughs) as Lithgow chased him in. (laughs) There, I waited. Ain't nothing more terrifying than a surprise Brimley, goddammit. Surprise brimley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yet, oh, uh, I am part of the darkness, goddammit. <laughs> We're
0: born <laughs> <You're merely laughs> in a goddamn molded. You merely adopted the dark. <laughs>
2: I have trained more ninja than you've ever seen. God damn it.
0: <laughs> I told you I was a bodyguard. Ninja. That. Like surely if you're Wolf of Brimley and you're body you're the bodyguard, your your asset is your bulk. Really. You're like you, your circumference makes it difficult to shoot your client.
2: You know like, he's not- I can literally bend my body forward. Forming a ball like a goddamn Pokemon, where I build up quite a velocity and bowl enemies over.
0: Brimley the Pokemon. Brimley, I choose you! Brimley, Brimley.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Brimley. Brimley's his second form. Brimley's... (laughs) (sighs) <laughs> oh <my God. sighs> hey, there's there's a surprise monkey yeah, uh, in this episode. Well, this is the first
0: time I've ever I've actually seen Mulder scared. Gets a little jump scare.
2: Yeah, there's a, a monkey in a cage, and nothing ever comes of it. It it ain't about nothing. No, no, and uh, it's just it's, it's
0: purely in there to try and distract Bo and make him think that this is a good episode. Well, Bo likes monkeys, monkey.
2: Yeah. For a second, yeah, they were listening to the previous episode. <laughs> we're like, how do we win him back, boys? Well, how about a monkey? Yeah. All they, right. They got, they got, What's Wilfred Brown- they, they, This was the <laughs> second
0: take as well, because they misheard, they misheard the director say mon- monkey shot. They thought it said money shot. That's a different movie entirely. <laughs> it's like,
2: no jizz in this. i mean both versions, goddammit. <laughs> no
0: jizz in this episode. Remember, we couldn't find any. A monkey shot then. <laughs> Shove that in.
2: Oh, man. Monkey. Monkey. I know. I can, I can it, it was nice like to see. As we
0: started talking but, about monkey, you can... Listeners out there will be able to know that you're smiling right now when you're talking because we can hear it. We can hear that, that The happiness radiate through your voice right now. How happy you are that there's a they're, fucking monkey in this episode.
2: They're so adorable, but they're so dangerous, yeah, Duncan. Like, you should
0: never own a monkey. You have seen Outbreak. I know what happens.
2: No, I'm not even talking Dustin about Hopper the... Uh, died in that movie. Um, (laughs) I'm not even talking about all the pandemics they spread. I'm talking about the poo flinging. The fact that like when you go to sleep at night, they put their little raccoon hands on your, on your teeth just to open up your mouth so they can take a, a a chode right in there. (laughs) That is classic monkey behavior. (laughs)
0: So we've got to assume that the guy's got a monkey because he's apparently a, <laughs> he's a he's a a ch- a children's entertainer, which once again I would imagine you have right. to go through some sort of stringent check before you can do that, but maybe
2: Oh hey, also worth noting at this point that little girl uh Emily saw one of them tickle fuckers <laughs> and <laughs> or whatever. That was a fucker uh, show up at her door uh the the diggers, yeah, maybe i don't know uh but anyway one of them shows up and she's stupid too and just runs off with that and so she ends up dead yeah. and and so we find her body and Mulder and Scully are investigating this again cuz at this point you're like well now the the evidence n- then points to murder yeah. but Again, only because you're there. Yeah, it still looks like an animal attack. Yeah, and Malter starts uh, ruining
0: the crime scene. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) He totally fucking does. So he's standing beside something. He starts shifting the leaves, and yeah, there's a there's a diligent police officer. And they even tell him what are you doing? And he's like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mr. FBI. Maybe there's a thing there called evidence. And mother's like, no, nah, not nah, nah, let's move this around these like Aha A witch burning circle. Oh,
2: right. Uh, look, look, this here's a magic circle. You know when I was talking about witches earlier at the beginning of the show for no reason, uh Scully? Look at this. Witches yeah, look how well the right and... is
0: preserved. Considering it's five hundred years <laughs> old.
2: And so the captain's wife shows up as they're out there with this body, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know the the captain's daughter, and he's losing his shit, and he's like, "This is my fault," and and then his wife shows up, and th- actually says, "This is your yep. fault," <laughs> she, she and and, and kind of gives him <laughs> g- gives him one in the puss. Uh, I love this. And, I love this bit.
0: Sh- I love this bit because right, this happens in front of Mulder and Scully. Right, so then Mulder, right. Mulder and then- Mulder goes across, and then starts putting the screws to the the chief. Right, starts basically saying him, you know, a, you know, you know all about this this witchcraft stuff, and he's like Yeah, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I've 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 unleashed the devil into this world. I had an affair with Randy's wife. You know, and that's my sin. But I didn't murder any kids. I, I murdered no kids. But you know, I've unleashed the devil. Oh, another police officer's like, give the chief some room, and walk away. And then Scully comes across and says, Mulder, how did, how did you, how did you know that? And he's like, That ah, well, I saw all those witches books. And she was like, You did that in a hunch. No, Mulder went across and asked because his wife came up, slapped him in the face, and said, This is your fault. He said, This is my fault. That's how Mulder. Like, what are we doing here, boy? It's like Mulder didn't just right, the how... in here. There was a domestic where both of them accused the same person as being the guy behind it. So he we went across and asked them some questions. There's not fucking rocket science here.
2: Wait a second, goddamn it! She said it's his <laughs> fault. Then he said it was his fault. I think it might be his <laughs> fault, goddammit. <laughs> i have at least I'm at got least to ask
0: him if it's his fault. Or to clarify that statement about What you meant when you said, this is my fault, or when my wife said, this is my fault. Just want to kind of clarify exactly what you mean when you say that. Is this indeed your fault? It's just so. Who is Scully in this episode? And she's just not Scully in this episode.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she, again, she has her her suspect and that's who she's sticking with. <laughs> even though she totally fabricated the crime yep, itself. yeah,
0: fabricated the crime and um. evidence. Um uh, meanwhile art meanwhile while this is all happening um like Pogo the friendly neighborhood clown pedophile shows up in his car and he gets like accidentally the car gets bumped from behind and then everyone's like <gasps> it's him and then the police officer drags him out. Randy drags him out and starts beating the shit out of him. Beats ten shades of shit out of the guy, right? And this thing comes over the radio. You know, there's a situation down here, so everyone hot tails are back down. Meanwhile, Randy's still like unloading on this guy, and the, the the black police officer runs across, grabs him, pulls him off, and Randy goes back to got. He pushes him back and says, "No." You know, this is wrong, we'll have to uphold the law, you know, we'll arrest him, etc. And then a fucking member of the public throws a stone <laughs> off this poor guy's head. And then the entire town start kicking the shit out of him. But this guy's already shouted out, you know, it was uh, a... How did he describe it? It was consent. It was statutory. Yeah, statutory.
2: yeah, which is a big problem for me in this episode. That if you're making the point of, like, hey, look at this undeserved ridicule people, or uh, scorn that people are getting, like, he still committed a crime of a sexual nature, and just because he dated a girl that was younger than him, but what's the story there? How old was he? He looks like he's in his, what, late 30s? Yeah,
0: but once again... How old was he when he dated a 15-year-old? This is once again where this little thing called investigation comes in handy, because all these answers are readily available at the touch of a button bow. Someone, as soon as you found that, could do like a bit bit of analysis here and find out exactly how old he is, because that's one of those weird things that you have in your country um, where people are put on... Like, if you're what like yeah, seventeen or eighteen, and you are seeing someone who is underage, uh, and she consents, and you once again break the law by doing something there, even though she has consented. If she then says that you have molested her, raped her, etc., um, that you're you're guilty. That by by proxy, um, you're guilty, and then you go on the sex offenders list for life. So that's yeah, right. So there's. That that doesn't happen in my country. Um, I don't know what actually happens in this country, but that doesn't happen. I think there is a kind of... I think the sex offenders list in my country is used for... I don't know. I don't know. There is a sex offenders list. It's just not used for that. And there are these situations where people end up on the list unjustly. Once again, an interesting talking point, maybe not for the X-Files, but an interesting talking point in general is a look at the American legal system and how that works, etc. But not in this episode. And when he shouts that out, what right. point are we making here just now? I don't Or that. or just have it be
2: he's got the same name as yeah. Don't even complicate it with it's not as bad a sexual assault yes. as the one that you're accusing me of. I mean it's still
0: sexual assault, don't get me yeah. wrong. But it's just not the bad guy. Yeah, kind. and this, this, pl- no one's asked the guy if he's got an alibi. Um, no one's asked him anything. And of course, the police officer jumps down to protect this guy while the, the, the Timsfolk folk are still kicking shit out of him. <clears throat> and then eventually everything calms down where Mulder and Scully arrive and Mulder shoots his gun like a madman into the air because, um, and they're like, right, everyone stop, right, FBI. Reach for this guy. Um let's let's all separate out. And then Randy just pulls his gun and kills the guy in front of everyone. All like maybe thirty, forty witnesses, the other police officers, two agents of the bureau, um, just puts this guy down, fucking puts him down cold, and then we jump to the trial, and then the ex-files is like self-righteous, Mr. Self self-righteousness tries to make another appearance here for some reason about maybe small town justice and how the right people, maybe this is a, maybe this is an indictment or on those police officers who right. kill well, people and then get let off with of things because, you know, the law looks after itself. Maybe, but it's not fleshed out. It's never really...
2: Right, let's not have a consistent theme when we can have a bunch yeah, of Yeah, let's,
0: let's have let's a bunch of things. It is quantity, not quality. Let's have a bunch of superficial, serious topics and have no depth to them this is like the previous episode with the and then, and then, this is what they're doing here, is so frustrating to watch because I'm like, oh, right, it's quite an interesting, and then nothing. So basically, Mulder's like that, talking to Scully's like, still don't think, you know, this guy would, was, and uh, who's Scully in this, by the way? Cause Scully's like that, you know, I don't know, he kind of fit the profile, Well, that, you just saw a man executed without trial and you seem fine. seem surprisingly unfazed by this scully and Mulder's like you know he's going to get let off um, and I fear that you know an innocent man's died and, and she's like what well, makes you think he'll get off and he's like that's small town justice you know and that's, that's what happens they look after their own and sure enough the guy gets let off with a bail fee which is tiny it's like five grand um, and he walks out and as Mulder and Scully walk out the black police officer is not doing the best job at being disguised here at all, he's literally standing across the road, like kind of, don't look at me, don't look at me, you know, hand, hand over the face.
2: Not me. exactly deep through, yeah. yeah. Like, uh,
0: and they go across and talk to him, and what does he say Bo? Oh,
2: he's like, you know, I, I feel real bad about what's been going on around here, and I found evidence that uh, Melvin isn't the Mr. Giggle Shit Killer. <laughs> And because he was working a party yeah. the, at the last I, murder, like 40 miles a bit away. That of
0: investigation. It didn't take me all that long. And guess what I found out? Rock solid alibi.
2: <laughs> right. I... And, and so we know that, like, now Scully has officially gotten a man killed for no reason. <laughs> and uh, then it's time for some more family drama where randy uh is randy (laughs) is arguing with his wife and uh at their place and she's like i'm out of here like we're gonna get a divorce and randy grabs a gun and leaves the house so she uh sees her kid the the uh i can't think of her name anna is the captain's wife uh doesn't matter (laughs) anyway uh gives a shit it's randy's wife and uh so randy's wife uh sees her kid in the middle of the road and then swerves and her car flips over and she's you know it, presumably yeah,
0: dead yeah that's fair.
2: And, and uh then we see oh like here comes the big dog uh that we saw earlier with uh yeah Mulder.
0: the one that sounds like blue
2: uh-huh He's... come with me lady <laughs> i'll take you right to hell today uh <laughs> come here with your breeches um <laughs> <laughs> right let's get that seat belt off you we got torture and damnation let's go Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Skin peeled right from you. Uh, anyway so <laughs> and um Randy really? Randy shows up at his boss's like house He kicks the door down Uh-huh and uh but he apparently has run afoul of Mr. Gigglebutt as yeah. well who's in the house and maybe just
0: walking about the place
2: and on the TV right, just right the tv comes on and he's singing and uh dancing on the on the screen meanwhile he's stalking around the house and uh it finally uh Randy pursues him like to the front door and when he throws the front door open there's the captain the screen goes black and we hear a, a gun. Yeah, he shot.
0: basically does a Doctor Decker from um, Nightbreed. Was like that. Yeah, of course I believe you, Boone. Of course, I he's got a gun. Oh, <laughs> Love that man. scene. Love that. <laughs> Put some down.
2: I mean, it, David Cronenberg in that movie is just a thing David
0: Cronenberg in that movie is fucking um, insanely good. Like, it's, that's how you play. I'd it, like. It's like a, Clyde Barker sitting there going that I've got this character, you know, this kind of weird psychiatrist, kind of cerebral, a cerebral killer, Cronenberg. <laughs> Have you ever heard the guy talk, Cronenberg? He's got yeah, a gun. I'm gonna want to watch Nightbreed so bad right now.
2: I I've been itching to watch that as well because uh you know finally that Cabal cut is kind of mm-hmm. out there. Yep easily available and i still haven't watched it well
0: i've got um, i've got uh, a certain uh baz v the masters of horror coming up in april and it's looking at the three movies directed by clive barker so we'll be doing a little bit hellraiser then a little bit nightbreed and a little bit of lords of illusion and there ain't a bad movie in those three so yeah i
2: i think i like all three of those yeah too. i think
0: like, that that to me uh, is a, uh, a solid body of work Really easily and then it's just the anything
2: else. I think maybe Lord of Illusions less so. It's it's the lesser of the three the weakest yeah, but
0: by all means, but it's the one that's least horror. if you know what I mean? It's more delving into the fantasy side yeah. than, than the other two. Nightbreed for me I wonder fucking incredible though. Yeah, go so ahead. it's like Hellraiser. Yeah. Like that. That's your that's your debut movie, Hellraiser. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>
2: Jesus whipped.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, nice ball.
2: Uh huh. So, all right. What the fuck is going on in this Cumber episode Daly. now? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah, They've
0: shot him, put him down, and uh, then yeah. Mulder and Scully. Mulder are on the and scene. Scully
2: find out, yeah, that it's Randy. Randy uh, is now dead, yeah. and they find more salt there. Yeah,
0: a lot more salt. And There's a giant fucking circle, like well, around the house. <clears throat> And um, like mother's like see, witchcraft <laughs> like finally, witches yeah, goddammit! Winters. How many more salt circles we gotta find? You remember and man, he's like, looking at Scott, guys like, remember when it used to be crop circles, and now it's salt circles. We've come a long way these last eleven seasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here, what's that uh, Green Day song? Uh, that's that's what should play there the uh, time of yeah life good riddance. yeah good riddance <laughs> see that's a lot funnier if i knew the words for that song <laughs> um i was with you bro I was with you. and then i realized that I <laughs> I that was with you, bro yeah I, I i was gonna start singing it and then i realized i don't really know the words of that i don't think
0: <laughs> time of your life, yeah.
2: <laughs> i i think i another turning point a fork stuck in the road
0: that's not bad
2: blah 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 Cis- uh, t- speaking, Toad. Because speaking...
0: uh, yeah. it's about witches. Yeah, um,
2: right. So, speaking uh, of witches...
0: Yeah, this witch Mulder... seven toads, apparently. Uh, no, that was oh, a movie uh, Seven
2: Toad Maggie shows up, and nobody cares, because it's not a it Crossover in thread.
0: this episode, Seven Toad Maggie should have been behind it, behind it all.
2: Well, alright, so Mulder goes into this house... And sees the Mr. Gigglebutt show playing mm-hmm. and notices that uh, a grimoire is missing.
0: There's a grimoire missing. There. He was there earlier and noticed it said grimoire. And he's like, that's definitely fucking witchcraft. See, uh-huh. Scully? Fucking stupid woman. The man is always right. How about that for a message in this this episode? No, It's got as much relevance as all the other ones that were mentioned, but maybe the man's always right, woman.
2: Alright, hashtag it Duncan does not too. see that at
0: all. Hashtag Mulder Two uh,
2: so, But yeah, he's you know, very much like super detective Adrian Monk. He realizes the book is missing. Uh and
0: he's like aha he's like,
2: to the forest. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> to the woods we go. And uh sorry, Randy. Um <laughs> he's just lying there dead. But alright, so they uh the captain is out in the woods because he has come across the car that flipped over that is Randy's wife. Yeah. And so he's calling her name thinking that she is maybe staggered away from the accident into the woods.
0: Yeah. And we see uh, her behind the tree dead.
2: Yep. She is deader than shit. <laughs> and so as the captain's out looking for his you know, affair. His lover, Duncan. Ah. Um, it, he finds his wife in the magic circle out in the woods. Whole and lot of candles the, as
0: well—an impractical amount of candles. Like that's that's a five or six journeys from the car. Amount of candles. She she
2: probably had a backpack or something.
0: Yep. How big was this backpack? Because there's about three hundred candles there.
2: <laughs> and also, did it say like in the grimoire? Does it get that detailed? It's like you got to have nine candles on this side. Yep, yeah. <laughs> they have to be varying lengths. You've got to have you know four more in this corner, thirteen in this corner. You're yeah. just like, God damn it, with all these candles.
0: Yeah, there's a lot. Of like, candles can there. any
2: of them be the same si- the same yeah. height?
0: Do yeah, they all, all have myself. to be slightly different? <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, I live in this house with this woman. I got noticed that there's a cupboard just full of candles. I got a question: Why she has a cupboard? full of candles it's just an impractical amount of candles
2: it's the funniest thing (laughs) i don't know why everyone started buying me candles they just started to and then people would come in the house and say you have a lot of candles and i say i know everyone gives me candles yeah and then they just give me more
0: bitches love candles
2: (laughs) hashtag feminism hashtag bitches love candles (laughs)
0: What oh, have we got to hell for that one? Um, but yeah, <laughs> she has a, an impractical amount of candles, all lit random, And the husband like, basically tries to come in and she's like, no, don't disrupt the candles. And I'm like, she really loves these candles. Um, and then Don't we get, come into the circle. <laughs> then we get the story. So bear with me here, because this is not stupid at all. And it has been totally worth the journey that we have spent for the last 37 minutes, right? so
2: yeah explain she, it to me because i have a lot of questions yeah, i don't so understand he finds
0: this. out our husband is having an affair with one of his employees wives right and she decides that she like instead of doing something like i don't know confronting her husband getting a divorce anything in the uh, corporeal world what she decides to do is a bit of witchcraft she's going to dabble in witchcraft so what she does is she goes out there creates a circle and conjures up a creature which she thinks will go after the wife right of randy turns out that doesn't happen though because she's not very good because she's dabbling well she's not a professional she's a dabbler um and the creature she conjures which is the gamork from Never Ended Story, who apparently sounds like Baloo, goes after, first, the kid, murders little Georgie. Well, hi there, Georgie. Um, Georgie dies. And then, not finished there, murders their kid because, yeah, why not? Because magic comes at a price. We all know that. Right magic comes at a price. Kills them and then just decides to go for a fucking free for all. This is like the, the fucking wolf paws are off here ball. let's do this. So then kills <laughs> kills the, the wife of Randy, then sets up Randy then uh, then basically comes after the chief kills the chief and then she's like, then Mulder and Scully find her and she's standing in the middle of the circle. And she's like, no, I can, I'm can. i the only one that can stop this. I'm the only one. i like, oh, right, we're going to have this big cathartic moment where she reads through the book and finishes the spell and ends the curse. And no, she bursts into flames and dies, which I think, and I'm no pagan, Bo. I am no studier of witchcraft. But I think that means that the spirit's still loose. <laughs> Don't think she banished it.
2: Uh, I, well, right. I mean, it's a real shrug of, and, and even at the end of this episode, Mulder and Scully are like, I sure hope that's over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Scully's like that. You know, I couldn't have been more wrong with my killed by a pedophile. Could not could not have been further wrong. Oh, well, there's always the next case. <laughs>
2: Yeah, let's see who we can get murdered next week.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, wait, one, Wait a like, second! I've just got a Google alert. There's another child being murdered by a bear. Bet it's a serial killer. Let's go. Da, 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 right, da, da. driving to the next scene. Sitting hey, this girl. isn't
2: this isn't a murder, but I wonder if it counts. A kangaroo kicks someone and paralyzed them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. like a case for Scully.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, but, but that's literally literal that she burns in front of him, and the book doesn't burn it, and it's open at a page with our kind of archaic drawing of a wolf the black wolf that Mulder saw. And yeah, that's the end of that case. Everything tied up in a nice, neat bow bow. Um, yep, like because they both like, say.
2: That they hope the case is closed and then just fuck off.
0: Yeah, we, we arrived here to investigate a murdered child. And what we've left with is two murdered children, four murdered, five murdered adults, um, a town reeling uh, from its own vigilanteism, which has scarred some people because they've seen a person murdered in front of them, a legal system slightly warped, um, and a, a five grand bail that is, is now the courts. No one's collecting that money. So, yeah. Case closed.
2: Yep. Uh, you the said just questions.
0: Have I answered any of them?
2: No. Um, <laughs> like, are, are, is the Hellhound and Mr. Gigglesnort the same thing? Yes. So based That's on one my, creature.
0: Yeah, so my understanding is he takes that form to, like the Pied Piper takes that form to lure people in, which doesn't explain why he would show up to the parents It's in that just, form. Cause it's all too at, fucking in a much. Form which the parents feel trusted around because the cartoon, the characters from the kids' TV shows are there because the kids love them. So when he's shown up to the adults, he should be, I don't know, their respected spouses or something else. They're, they're, why about their their undead child as a way to lure them out? That seems like an interesting concept. No, not in this episode. But yeah, so lures him in, then changes into the wolf, and then murders him.
2: Okay, and it's just too much. It's just too, the, we got witches, that's fine, give me some witches. Yep. Like, you remember that episode where uh, there was this satanic cult uh, at the school?
0: Oh, I love that and episode, yeah.
2: <clears throat> it's a great episode. And, like, that's enough. If you want to do witches, just do witches. Yeah. Don't do witches... Like, you could do witches in this affair. That's a story. That That's fine. You don't have to do that plus pedophiles and monster dogs. Yeah. And Mr. Gigglesnort and... The fuckle tickles and like yeah. all of that stuff. Like, we don't need all of that. It's just too much and it's too stupid. Like, nobody is, nobody's acting like they oughta, which is something that I feel like, you know, we, it, it's just how the show is now. Yeah, and like Mulder it,
0: comes out with one of the dumbest lines in this one, where he basically says like the kind of mob mentality, the vigilante justice, the the you know the presumption of guilt before a trial is basically modern day witch trials. Oh, by the oh, way, uh, let me let, let me let look me back I, to the I, fact that we're we're in a place where people were burned for being witches. And I'm like, really? Is that is that what we're doing now? If that's the case, got, set the fucking episode in Salem. Don't set it fucking I, here. Set <laughs> it in Salem. Ugh.
2: I have the line written down. It was such a slap in the face.
0: <laughs> a spit in because... the face. Not a slap. A slap in the face you can brush off. It's a spit in the face. You have to do that slow draw of the saliva. Out your foot, like, And it's in three or four different places. That's what this is. Tell me. What does it say?
2: It, it, so Scully says, come on, Mulder. Let's get out of here. Or get out of this town. And Mulder's line is, and I quote There is no getting out of this town these days, goddammit. There is no getting out of this town these days. Yeah. That's the line you end on.
0: Yeah. Ox- and, uh, Oxford and... educated Mulder Scully says that.
2: Yep, and uh I put the note in here, oh go fuck yourself, X Files, <laughs> for the second week in a row. Well done, X Files. And the very last shot, let's just get get all of this out of the way. The very mm-hmm. last shot of the episode is we're back on the fairground or the playground and the merry-go-round starts to spin by itself, to which I made the note. Was that a thing in the show earlier? Yeah, I can't remember. Why that. is this happening?
0: Yeah, I can't remember that at all.
2: Don't think it was. Yeah, it's, it's just some more like, look at the spooky. <laughs> and you're like... Uh, Oh, what
0: is like that episode is like that episode a couple of weeks ago where it finished with the sound of a sword for no reason <laughs> right but yeah i remember the like, swords you... in this episode so yeah are you just fucking with me x-files i think they are like... at this point i'm just like i just get the feeling they're like that we'll just see how long people will hold on and that's what they're doing i don't i don't under i don't Understand this episode. I don't understand it at all. And the thing is, the the actual design of Chuckle Teeth or whatever his name is is quite creepy. I, I I like the design. I'd like some of the. I like the idea of witchcraft in the episode. I like this idea of kids being kids being lured out like a Pied Piper scenario. There's plenty of mythology and folklore about that that you can link that and make it really interesting. I even like the idea of, you know, I, I, let's just go the full hog with it. There's a, you know, that there's a a woman in town who's being accused of witchcraft or whatever. Like, something like that. I, I can kind of get, and then maybe link the, well, you know, this is, in this day and age, you know, people are like, if you're slightly different, well, let's do that sort of thing, right? But, No, this episode doesn't do that. This episode has Mulder and Scully turn up for no conceivable reason. Has Scully out of character criminal profiling, which she doesn't do, and we really know why she doesn't do it, because she's awful at it. When she's stuck beside the character, who is the foremost criminal profiler in the FBI, who is more interested in witchcraft, uh, who's proved right in this episode, and just like the, the shoehorn social commentary which is just there to name check with no substance um and yeah just so many of them just put into this episode that lead nowhere with no depth uh i have to once again endure 43 minutes of spending time with two characters that we love genuinely love behave not like themselves not with any sort of continuity from the previous episodes and then at the end that kind of open ended thing where whatever but yeah we're fucked up like hell the next case and that's that's what you're going to do that's like that's how you're going to finish this episode fuck this episode fuck
2: it yeah it's a real uh, noodle scratcher why anyone I, like this. This is a show that's just daring me to care now. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, look, here's this creepy mask, and that's kind of cool. And then, you know, I'm here because of animals may actually be a murderer. Yeah, and I'm here because of witches. <laughs> and like, uh.
0: I don't know that I'm here about witches yet because I'll only make that I'll only make that deduction ten minutes later. At the moment, yeah, I'm just... here for moral support for some reason. <laughs> Scully's yeah it
2: the, at, I mean yeah the the line that we've pointed out about um oh I'm here because there's some obscure bylaw in the bureau rules oh, yeah. where if the family member of a police officer is potentially murder the FBI has jurisdiction. That could even be true, but it's so stupid who cares.
0: Yeah, just have just have Mulder and Scully in the town. They've done that before in episodes. They happen to be someplace, something happens, and they get dragged into the investigation. Just do that. Or make it more witchy at the beginning and have the file cross their desk. Rather than this, this is just stupid. It's just so lazy. Yeah. It's just so, so lazy um
2: it's 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 not only lazy it's sloppy and the combination of the two is real off-putting um you know i i'll tell you i think that the one person who deserves a pat on the back in this episode is uh holly dale the director Mm-hmm. I think it's a real dumb episode but I think that's the writing. I actually think a lot of the kind of creepy moving around the house scenes and stuff yeah. are done pretty well. yeah,
0: like, the, the, it, it felt to me like a like a a, a fairly decent budget like especially the, the scenes where um Randy's running around the house and being kind of stalked by Charlie. Um that did feel like, you know, this could be a kind of medium level horror movie, Hollywood horror movie. It's all set up really well. It was shot beautifully, but I've not had a problem with that at all. And then these episodes have all been the cinematography and the way they've been shot and directed for the most part have been fine. The big issue this entire season has been the writing. Completely, the writing is the writing has been damn near god awful eh, in every single episode, and I don't think the writing was ever exceptional on the X Files. It probably wasn't, but. I always felt that there was a genuine love behind the show to make the show this kind of weird cult-y thing that just happened to get bigger and bigger and more popular. And now I just find it really cynical. I find the writing for the whole show really cynical and that, yeah, we'll just do another season because we'll just do another season. And that other season will, you know... The the reason you bring back the X-Files is because you have something to say and there's a hunger to say it. And there's plenty of things it could be making commentary on. The best episode in this season has been one of the best episodes I've seen in a while. And it was the the one with the, I've forgotten the name of the guy, but the one that had the, a lot of the satire about Trump. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. that, was, that, was, that, that to me has been the high, high watermark. And it's a head and shoulders better than anything I've seen this season. I, I think I said at the time, even though I loved the, the, the wear Man uh, episode, from the previous one i thought it was better than that i thought it was a genuinely great episode and that's you know that's a clear example of someone got something to say about like modern day now and they want to to shoehorn it into an x-files episode and and have some fun with it and all the rest and that works there are plenty of things they could be doing And I just get the feeling that it's it's now all done cynically. I just get the feeling where they're like, well, what are people talking about? Well, this movement, this movement. So let's just put them all in. Let's not spend any time fleshing out at all, because why would we? Let's just all cram them into one episode and we'll just pay lip service to them and that's enough. Uh, And people don't think when they watch the X-Files, so they'll be happy. Uh, Look how smart we are. And... That just doesn't cut it with me at all. I, I, it's depressed. There's too
2: much other good stuff out there yeah. for well, for the X Files the to thing. be this bad.
0: Time has—we well, said that before. Time has moved on. Like that's that—that's to me the biggest shock of how good Twin Peaks was when it came back for that season. Because Twin Peaks had been off the air for 25 years and came back and felt more relevant and more original. Than anything I was watching on TV, considering it had influenced pretty much every TV show that I love. I you know I'd been the kind of the, the linchpin for all of them, and now I look at the X Files. I look at a, a show that was very important and pivotal, and it really was like a trendsetter, and it was like one of the first big big TV shows. Um, that really kind of move things into that medium and all the rest and, you know, spun off like God knows how many copycats and you're coming back. And if you're coming back, it's because you're coming back for a, a good reason, but you can't come back and half ass this because like you say, TV's moved on. There's a multitude of shows now that are at a high, high level that are doing similar content, are delivering sim- similar messages, and just doing it infinitely fucking better, just like right across the board. And at that point, what's your place? I've said to you and I think you agree. The excels to me should be creature of the week, episode, monsters of the week, every episode, Uh with a loose yep. story in the background, and that's that's what yep. it should be, and that's where that show would excel because there's no other show doing that. I, remember when I I liken it back to what I said at the start of the episode about um, it's great having the, the serious hard-hitting horror stuff out there at the moment, but you need to juxtapose that with the goofy stuff. You need goofy stuff out there. And we have plenty of super serious TV shows spending time telling us all about social commentary and how the world's fucked and how we're all fucked for being in it. There's plenty of that out there. And what we need is something goofy. So why I love Ash versus Evil Dead. I think that show is fucking so funny because it knows exactly what its market is and it just goes for it. X-Files, I don't think, knows what its audience is anymore. I think it's kind of lost touch with that. And as a result, it's trying to be many things and not doing any of them well. Um, and this episode, to me, is the prime example of that where there were a couple of things in here that would have been great full episodes of the X-Files and instead, we'll cram them all in and not do anything with any. And you are left dumber. <laughs> so we'll go back to the Billy madison line. You're left dumber at the end of this episode than you were when you started it.
2: Yeah, and uh, now Scully and Mulder are both murderers. So we have that going for us on the show. <laughs> yeah, but uh,
0: Scully, Scully, in, in, in a stark contrast, Mulder killed a guy for trying to kill Scully Scully got a man murdered because she had a hunch.
2: (laughs) Because she was so insistent and refused to be open-minded. That she got someone killed. Yep. Classic Scully.
0: Classic Scully. She pulled a Scully.
2: Right. When you get someone murdered on the job, (laughs) that's called pulling a Scully. Famously. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that incompetent character from the x-files. <sighs> it's yeah, that's again, it that's what's so frustrating about all of this is that there was a great show called the x-files once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, it's still really fun. Yeah. And this just lacks any of the ingenuity or or magic or even just good old-fashioned storytelling confidence uh of the original stuff and it's a shame and there's only two more episodes and i couldn't be happier
0: oh i can't wait to get out of doing these fucking things and you you know for a fact the next episode is well i don't know for a fact Uh, we'll know tomorrow but i've got a sneaky suspicion the next episode is going to set things up for my struggle part four so we're going to start moving back into Oh, smoking man. man, fucking Skinner, all that territory is going to start to rear its head in the next episode, and then they will do something which we know for a fact will be this season closes out with the last episode that jillian Anderson will ever do of the X Files, because I believe her when she says she will never come back.
2: Why? Why on earth would she? Oh God, I, I she's too good for this show. I know, I know that. So she's is David had, Duchovny. Quite frankly,
0: both her and David Duchovny are, had a blast making it. You know, you can tell she, she posts a lot on social media from behind the scenes. She had a ball doing this, but she had a ball because she's on screen with David Duchovny, a man that she genuinely thinks is awesome. And they've got like a really good working relationship and she's getting time, she's she's being paid to spend time with a friend, playing a role, which, you know, really shot her to stardom. And yeah, she's over it. And I, yeah, I would have been over it in the previous season, to be honest with you. And yeah, it's just that every episode that this this series continues to do is just them pissing over the legacy of a very important TV show. Can't stress that. You're really talking about going back and checking them. Those first five seasons of the X Files are super fucking strong. one or two episodes that aren't great, but when you consider that each season is like 22 or 24 episodes in length. It times that by five. So uh, the first hundred and odd episodes, there's maybe 10% of them are shit. The rest is also super yeah. fucking strong. You know what I mean? Tell me other shows that have a hundred episodes and have a batting average like that. There ain't many.
2: Yeah, it's awfully good.
0: And you can go back and sit down and watch them and they're still awesome. So I just don't get it. I don't understand what, except money. That's the only thing I can think of now is money. Like, they're getting paid a lot of money to do this, and Chris Carter is relevant again, kind of? Um,
2: eh, I don't know. I, again, I I don't bother to look to see how this season is doing in the ratings, because once I watch an episode, I just don't want to think about it anymore <laughs> <laughs> until we talk about it on this show, and then <laughs> I can fully remove it from my databanks. Uh, yeah. You know. Eh. Uh, anything else we want to say about this uh, this episode before we move on to our, our I, last two?
0: I just really want to apologize to our buddy the witch because I get a feeling he's going to be listening to this one. He may have switched off by now, actually, because he told me he really liked it and I was excited to sit down and watch it and... I've torn it to shreds. I really I've torn this episode to very much like the the, the wolf in this episode. I've torn the carcass of this this uh this episode to shreds. It's innardsly strewn in front of me. Um and it's not my intention to piss on things that people like at all. I I hate it when it's done. To me, uh it's not my intention, but I I I'm so jaded with this TV show now that like I, I, I struggle to think that even if the next episode is a phenomenal episode, I still think I'm just going to feel cynical. Um, and it's this shows as this season's fault. It's put me in this mood with a string of terrible episodes.
2: Yeah, and they'll so and like, they'll that's... trick you sometimes. Like this episode tricks you with like, oh, we're killing a kid, and look at this creepy thing, and the name's stupid, but who cares? Because look how creepy it is. Yeah, and then we get the. I'm here cause the FBI covers cousins that murder or something and also yeah. witches.
0: And then <laughs> yeah. by the time, I think, I think you'll find that the murder happened on the fourth Tuesday of the month. That's when the FBI gets involved Fourth Tuesday of every month.
2: Yeah. And by the time you get to the ham fisted message of the, of, of the thing, which is that I guess we should give statutory rapists the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> he was not a bad guy right you're just like i don't understand what this show even is anymore um yeah it's frustrating all right um duncan uh if if people want to hear you about uh, talk about stuff that's good and entertaining and worthwhile (laughs) where could they do such a thing
0: Uh, Please come across and check out the podcast Under the Stairs. Uh, We just dropped a ton of episodes. I think three last week, which is uh, silly. Um, But most recently, we have done an episode on my recapping of Fright Fest. I've done an episode dedicated to the movie Ringu, 1998, a.k.a. The Ring. Um, I did... Uh, the movie club versus thing for creep show one and two um and by the time this episode drops uh, i will have released a bonus episode with myself and the baz uh talking about some ravenous uh the 2017 zombie movie and not the robert Carlyle, uh cannibalism movie which is also worthy of your time
2: yeah um, both good movies and-
0: yeah and uh within a couple of days after that i'll be dropping an episode kicking off a three episode series looking at uh the maniac cop trilogy of which i like one (laughs) and i really like one i think the second one's okay i've only ever seen the third one once and i remember not liking it at all so i don't know if my opinions will be swayed on that i got a sneaky suspicion they won't um but, yeah, and I've got a super cool episode planned with Jamie Jenkins uh, or Jamie J. Salmons, coming up real, real soon. Uh, it should be dropping in just over two weeks' time. Uh, and the triple bill of movies is pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Podcast Under the Stairs, cast.com uh, or facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teaputscast. And you can get me on iTunes or check me out through the Legion podcast feed.
2: Yep. And I would, uh, I would point everyone over to legionpodcasts.com. Uh, there's all kinds of new stuff on, uh, on the site, both new shows and merchandise now. You can get yourself a, a good old fashioned Legion Podcast coffee mug and, uh, help, help support the shows, uh, that you listen to. And at Legion Podcasts on Twitter. And on Facebook, uh, forward slash groups, forward slash L O E podcast, which Ooh. is a long story and an even longer name. <laughs> um, but that's how you get there, or just, you know, search for Legion Podcast.
0: That's probably better. Uh, plus you've got a ton of stuff coming out as well. you
2: yeah, you're there's
0: demon. You've been doing a lot of guest appearances as well, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I think I'm kind of wrapped up for a little bit on guest appearances. Although not all, all those shows have dropped, so it's going to seem like I'm doing a lot more than I yeah, really you am. Do
0: the same thing as me. You like all the, the you do like maybe three or four appearances over a couple of weeks, and then everyone puts them out in the same week.
2: Right, and I <laughs> just become hated. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You just
0: said like you want to have a life, you like that? Oh, there's another episode of Bo. Like no, I recorded that a month and a half ago. They've just chose to release it now at the most an an opportune
2: time. I, I gotta say though, the uh one I recorded last uh guest spot was uh, V D clinic talking about oh, my, nice. my friend Dahmer. Yeah with I'm
0: forward to that one
2: Darren and Vanessa and that was a really good conversation. I, I I walked away from that recording thinking I'm looking forward to listening to that myself. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a good so, show that
2: yeah it's a real good show right here on legionpodcast.com uh if you would drop over to uh the podcast distributor oh your choice leave us a rating and review it does help us out and uh yeah we'll be back next week to talk about the uh penultimate episode of season 11 of the oh, x-files I, said <laughs> I know i know
0: say it again slowly say it again slowly
2: it's the penultimate episode oh. <laughs> it's gonna get sexy i can tell already so folks uh thank you so much for listening say goodnight, night duncan good night duncan see you next week everybody